not only do you have the fact that this defense is magnificent and they play and they ball hawks and they can get after the quarterback, there also is another element to this. Can Kyle Shanahan call the type of game he wants to call against this offense that the Kansas City Chiefs have? I'm very interested to see his plan going into this game. But that's the thing. Kyle Shanahan can call any game that's needed. Everyone's going to sit there and be like, man, Jimmy G is going to be different. The same guy that we're going to sit here and praise for their run design is going to be the same cat dialing up their pass game stuff. Jimmy G will be just fine in the moment. But here's the difference, right? Spagnuolo's going to have two weeks because what we call all that, we call that eye trickery, right? They're playing with your eyes, but pretty much when you break down the concepts, it's the same thing. It's high lows. It's getting to the edge. It's like the West Coast offense, but it's disguised as something else. Spagnuolo's going to have something for him. Kyle Shanahan's going to have to adjust. Jimmy G's going to have to make some plays down the field. If they get behind, knowing that no lead is, is safe, right? Because when you think about Drew Brees, that's not a fast-hitting offense that's going to go over the top and score in one second. Tyreek Hill is a, you know, they can, they can, they can have a three-play, 80-yard drive. Right. So Jimmy G's going to have a lot of pressure to come out of his cell if, they, if he has to. And can he do that? We don't know because we've known that it's been any kink in, in the chain. How can we say we don't I know, say, though? Because we haven't seen it. Yes, we have, Bart. We've seen it this year out of Jimmy G multiple times that in when he needed to go step up and be the reason they won the football I'm saying start to, to start He's to 23 end. and 5 as a starter. Like, he, he Listen, has played well consistently. I get, I get that. Just because they didn't throw the ball a lot against Minnesota and Green Bay that means nothing doesn't me. mean he's not capable. What I'm saying is the animal that you said he's got to face. We know that no lead sure. is, is safe Agreed. with Mahomes. And Mahomes has the capability of putting up a lot of points. Can Jimmy G step outside of himself like Ryan Tannehill had to step outside of himself and go, throw for throw, drive for drive against Mahomes and they, this offense. They're they going to force you to get away from your identity. Like, that, that is the conversation we're having. Kansas City has shown that at some point during the game, you're going to have to be a little bit uncomfortable with what you know. Gentlemen, to a special NFL Almost Super Bowl episode of Live for the Nosebleeds. Returning guest, the return of the three lie. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 was, I lost the whole train of thought right there, but my man Jack is back. What's good, man? What is going on, man? What's up? Um, I don't know if you're as ex- okay. This is gonna sound terrible. I'm not excited that football is almost over, but I'm relieved in a way. Well, I- explain, explain. Because by the time basketball ends or whatever, I'm gonna be like, damn, we ain't got another sport. It's just <sighs> been so many weeks of football, man. Well, th- yeah, that's true, but that's that's like the sad part too. Is you know, all of a sudden, all you have left is basketball, and then all of a sudden, basketball's gone. And you're like, oh my gosh, the summer. And See that's what, you. What I am I gonna basketball. watch? I can do basketball 
all the time, and that's just it. But when it comes to just baseball, I mean, shit, like niggas is stealing now, so oh, or cheating the- now. <laughs> it's a fastball. <laughs> Dude, I got you for the summer though. Dude, professional lacrosse league. I'll talk to you about that later. It's, it, it's legit. It's, it's the summer sport. I'm telling you. I man, we could definitely discuss that one. Then. <laughs> but remember to rate, comment, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Hashtag DBYT. Uh, five stars. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Everywhere. You already know how we do it, man. Getting more international every time. You know, we, 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 we just glorifying it. We just, I'm just telling y'all facts. You know what I'm saying? Jack, I didn't tell you this or whatever. Almost to episode overall 100. Ooh, we're getting close. Overall already. Not talking about in- individual shoot. We're on like in the 30s in the sports shows and like 30s in the wrestling. But overall, already at like, like I think this is going to be number 98 or 99. Oh, now you're killing me. And now I wish you did some more so I could be the 100. <laughs> <laughs> nice, man. Congrats. I, hey, um, I appreciate it, man. The, the work, the grind. I told you I laughed when people were like, oh, you know, it's going to take dedication. And like, I was like, <laughs> Oh, okay. I don't think y'all know who y'all talking to. Yeah, that's what we're about. That's what Grind we're mode over here. <sighs> Actually, if you don't mind me jumping in real quick. I'll do it, bro, because I had I mean, something for that ass, but you know that, what it's coming. <laughs> I, the last last thing you mentioned, the last pod I was on, we were talking about the three lie. Yes. It's over, man. It, this could, could not be more timely. He announced his retirement. He's going to have a press conference tomorrow. Dang. Oh, it is tomorrow? Tomorrow, yeah, I the news broke today. He's gonna have a uh, press conference at Giant Stadium tomorrow. Eli Manning retiring. So if you by the time you guys are listening to this, that'll probably already have been happening. Yep. Depending on what time that is, East Coast time and whatever time I get off, drop this. You, you know how you know the logistics. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I I talked about it on the pod. Uh, I. Expected that's what he would do. I'm glad that he's gonna take control of his, you know, his life, what he wants to do after that. I did see. Well, no, I didn't see. Did, was there something about something about him potentially joining the staff, which is what I would want? I, maybe Joe Judge said something. Maybe he didn't. Maybe I'm thinking about Matt Rule. Getting way too far into today's podcast. Yeah, I'm about to say, I, can't, I, can't, I can't wait to talk about that second part. Woo! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah, it would, be, it, would, it would be encouraging to me if he would join the Giants staff. It would be interesting if it happened. We're going to talk a lot more about that later. But um, congrats to Eli. Congrats on a great career. And uh, he's going to get in the hall for sure. Yeah, two Super Bowls, you know. Two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs. The biggest upset in Super Bowl history, period. I don't really know. Beat the GOAT twice. Beat the GOAT twice. Beat the undefeated, you know. That was insane. Yeah. I'll never forget everybody was rooting for y'all that year. We was like, we cannot deal with undefeated Patriots team. Regardless right. if Randy Moss was going to be up there. Here, here's a story for you, okay? Hit so, uh, it was my freshman year in college, uh, that Super Bowl, and um, where I went to school, 
you couldn't rush fraternities freshman year. So kind of the only times you had access to get into fraternities was during Super Bowl and during um, NCAA championship game for March Madness because those were, those were like recruiting events that they were hosting. So that's how they brought guys in because otherwise, if you're a freshman guy, show up to a fraternity for a party, they like, get the fuck out of here. So we're in the basement of this fraternity. It's like the end of the game is going on. We're watching that projector. Fucking. It was after the Plaxico touchdown catch. The game is ending. As they're ending, I'm freaking out. I had a full beer in my hand, and I fucking just chucked it across the basement. It hit a dude in the head, and we fucking left. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I'm not fucking dealing with this. I'm out of here. Yo. Yeah. I I mean. Paid the dude from across the room in the fucking head with a beer. Natty Light. You know, it'd be like that sometimes. That's just passion, guys. That's just, you know, you, <laughs> you follow a team, you know, get into it. Anyway. Oh, trust. I mean, is it, we're just lucky that this platform didn't exist for me when the Panthers went a, another year because, yeah, I, I would have got demonetized. I, ooh, that was a rough one. I would not have, well. I think we knew each other then, but I we did, we did know each other. I think I would have been worried about you, bro. You know, I, I've spoken about it on a Tar Heel talk or whatever. I say, you know, God put me through 2015 so I can survive anything. Mm-hmm. I survived that and the Tar Heels in that that one game the same year. To be fair, you don't normally get two prayers in the game, so hey. Good on Villanova, but uh, man, I just I, I just told my homie it hurts because I'm gonna have to see that shot the rest of my life, my kids' lives, their kids' lives, their kids' 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 life. I mean, how, forever. That shot's gonna be up there forever. I think more than anything though is that it's such a shame that the Villanova shot. Which, God, do you remember who that was? He was a decent player, but that took away from that Marcus Page shot like. 30 seconds. Oh, you know, bro. My God, that was the most insane shot of the game. The fucking leg twerk for the three. Holy (laughs) shit. I'm going to go ahead and stop it because we're going to turn this into talking. And I've already got a broken heart. So, you know, last (laughs) night hurt me pretty bad. Yikes. I'm going to just say this or whatever before we get on to this or whatever. I was like, I had honestly forgot about it because I was doing so much, uh, so many other things. Yeah. And other so many other things were on to the fact like oh girls just like oh um Carolina's playing and I'm like don't bother me right now I'm having a good night and then she went in the bathroom and then I like went over and I grabbed my phone and I saw like it just and then it just I was like why did I do this to myself so now I had to keep up with it and then what happened happened and I was just like okay see why did I do that to myself you did that uh- to yourself. I'm going to leave it to the Tar Heel Talk crew, although if at any point in the future they want to include me on this, you know, hit me up. But, yeah, regardless, let's let's move on to the the NFL world. Um, AFC Championship game. AFC? We came to a game where, well, not even just a game, but we came to a moment where, what is it, an unstoppable force meets an impenetrable wall? Yeah, but which one is which? Well, the force, I'm going to say, is the Chiefs, and the wall was supposed to be... No, fuck it. E- either way, man. I mean, the, the Chiefs offense versus... Uh, I, I'm calling him the god, Derrick Henry. At this oh, point. he's the king. Come on, he's got a crown. 
that was incredible. Did you see? Did you see his outfit? The all white. Jeez, yeah, yeah, I saw it. I saw that shit on Twitter when somebody said he looks like the villain that cheats on uh, his wife in the Tyler Perry movie, and I was done for. Uh, who's the villain in Hundred One Dalmatians? Uh, Cruella Deville. <laughs> I mean, his outfit was all white, not black and white, but you know, he had it going on. Damn. You do got a point there. Finding out shit every day. Like, I mean, literally, like we talked about on the last episode, putting up numbers that we have not seen before. Like, the closest was um, Old Buddy on the Redskins, like back in the day. Oh, excuse me, the Washington football team. See, you see what's happening? It's been so long, I haven't even talked about them. John Higgins? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which well, we, we both know there's the only reason we both know that name. Yeah, not mentioning the pods and everything, but yeah, oh, it yeah. it was interesting. Go before the Kansas City game that Derrick Henry was able to carry. What was it? Three games in a row. It's like over 180 yards rushing, and it's just like you know it's gonna have to end. And it's not even that it really ended for him. I would say I I think the Chiefs' run defense just kind of knew where to clue in, knew where to stop the run when it was coming. All right, we're going to get into the game. Um, yeah. I first, had off, real, first off, I who had did you have in this game? Because I picked the Chiefs. So I, if, if I was on the pod and I was going to be picking for real, I would have picked the Chiefs. What I wanted was the Titans. And Why, why is that? Did you, were, did you want the, the, the underdog story as well, like some people? Well, they'd been the underdog story for a while, and they had been rolling. Um, I thought it was just really good coaching, really good play calling, and all Did that stuff. Did you want my man on. to cut his balls off, though? Mike Vrabel? Yes. I mean, if he would have done it already, maybe he'd still be in it. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to tell nobody to commit to that because I'm not willing to commit to that. You know, you can do chemical castration. It doesn't have to be so violent. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> my, my my man's down there good like he is, you know? I know, I respect it. Um it's I honestly, if the Super Bowl would have been Titans 49ers, I would have been real interested because like just two powerhouse running teams going at each other in the Super Bowl. We're never going to get that at this point in time. And we are that close to having it. It would have been really interesting, in my opinion. But, You're trying to bring the 80s back for real. Hey, I mean, I think it's cool that there are such successful teams at this point in the NFL at this point in time where the passing game is as strong as it is. And the reason the passing game is as strong as it is because of people like Patrick Mahomes. But, you know. If you're able to topple that, I think it would bring an interesting mix into the future of the NFL, which is what we're going to talk about later anyway. So, I mean, mm-hmm. like, get together. But I'm not surprised. I had hope. Started off strong. Uh, Titans were up 10 nothing in the first quarter. They were up 17-7 in the second quarter. And then Mahomes just took over. And, you know, that's why he's going to get paid insane money in this offseason because that dude can do some shit that people don't do in this league. I mean, to lead your team in passing is one thing. To lead them again in rushing when you have good running backs on the team, 
he just made it happen. He he made all the plays he had to make. That end of the first half, end of the second quarter run that he made. I about to say when he he's he's going like you say he, you know he's right handed. He's going left. I mean, he's like looking like he's about to step out of bounds. Says no, fuck that, and then just like gets right in Enzo. Crazy. I do have some sympathy for the Tennessee Titans that were attempting to tackle him at the end of that. I do feel like they might not have gone as hard as they would have because it's a quarterback and fuck the rules and all this and the way that they protect these players and how they go into approaching that. But they might have pulled up just a bit. But, I mean, all credit goes to him. I mean, he broke those tackles. He rolled through. And just that last spin move he makes as he goes in the end zone, that's talent. Like, that that's an athlete. That's a dude doing his thing. This is a guy that's back from the... What was it a dislocated knee? Uh, what, what, what was that with his knee? Was it the knee or the ankle? I so I I it remember one of them. I just know he he went he went out at the wrong time or whatever, and I went on a losing streak in my fantasy league, <laughs> aka my money league, the one that I cared I needed to care the most about. Dude, the one league I had him in, I also had Lamar. Talk about some. See, that's the bullshit. I had I had Lamar and Kyler Murray. I mean, Kyler was okay, but Jesus Christ, both of them? Yeah, it was it was a tough week to week battle. It was easier when he was injured. Um, Hell yeah. But yeah. I, I remember some pod you were doing a while ago. Um, you're talking about like how do you get hurt in a quarterback sneak or it, it was something totally irrelevant, but that all I could think of was like, oh, that dude got hurt in a quarterback sneak. Just like rolling up the middle, getting rolled over either by your own guy or some other guy, dislocating ankle, whatever he did to his knee, whatever it was. I mean, that's kind of crazy that it even happened. And you could tell. What was that, the Colts game? He was just injured the whole second half. Yeah. That, was, that was like week four, I want to say. It was some oh, early or whatever. Yeah. Anyway. You can tell by his performance after he came back, he wasn't exactly himself. He's feeling himself now. He He's healthy. He's doing his thing. He's, he's back. He's the – he's – okay, fuck, I'm, I'm, I'm getting the numbers. You know I'll be coming with the numbers here. Oh, yeah. Not only did he just go off with passing or whatever, he led them in rushing. Eight carries, 53 yards, and a touchdown. Yep. 23 for 35, 294 yards, and three touchdowns. It's not like his best game ever, but at the same time. Real question, is it too early to say that he's already like a top three quarterback in this league? No. And you're about to find out why, because in like a month, he's going to get paid an astronomical amount of money. He's going to break records. Actually, now that, sorry, not to bring it back to Eli. But now go ahead. It, yeah. Number one earning player in NFL history. Made $253 million in NFL contracts alone. He might break that on this contract. I think his rookie year contract, I should probably look this up if I'm going to say it, but his his contract he's about to sign is about to be like five years, two hundred something million dollars. He's gonna make like forty-two million dollars a year or something like that. My my thing is like, which we're gonna get to, you know, the Titans or whatever, and you know they had a good little run, but this is all like just Chiefs right now, man. So 
I was one of the people where it was like, okay, you know, Andy's going there, whatever. I'll respect Andy Reid as a coach, been saying that not just to, you know, feed Kato's ego and all that, but I really mean that shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, remember when Alex Smith was the quarterback and everything? And, like, For you sure. know, they had a pretty good year. Tyreek Hill, like, came out and was just like, yo, this dude fast. He can do every, you know. Travis Kelsey, I'm sorry. People be like, oh, well, Kittle, oh, this and all that. Nah, Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in the league to me. Ooh, I might have to argue with that. I, I, he's my he's he's the best tight end league to me. We can argue that though. We will argue. He's the I'm, I'm he's not, the I'm best. He's the best pass catching tight end in the league by far. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you yeah, that. Easy, but Kittle I, does so much more. I, just, and I get, and I get Kittle, but he I, like he's low key on my shit list because I had him in one of my leagues too, whatever, and he was hurt for most of the damn time. Yeah, I traded his ass. Where was you at when I needed you? <laughs> I, I had in, in I the words him. of future Hendricks, where your ass was at with niggas. Like, I mean, like, bro, we can do this. But when I didn't even know who this Patrick Mahomes kid was, and like, there was like, okay, yeah, so we're getting Alice Smith out of here. We're going to get this kid out of Texas Tech, of all places. I'm like, okay, the, the Big 12, really? Wait, they, yeah, that happened. That worked for college. I don't really work for the NFL like that. You're going to have to watch your words on that pretty soon. New coach. Oh, yeah, this is true. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> But yeah, all that and everything, and I'm like, okay, Andy Reid must see something we we you know we don't see. So Mahomes came in there and just went crazy, and it's like, okay, not only does he have all this talent, but then you give him Travis Kelsey, like, like who you just said, the best pass catching tight end in the league. True. And then you know controversy and all the other stuff aside or whatever, Tyreek Hill's one. Of the, I mean, that speed is like that's some game breaking shit. He can just turn it on like like Sonic Turbo or something. It's crazy. And then they got another dude who's like that. Who? It's Sammy Watt. Well, I I don't remember the other dude's name. I just heard about Nicole Hardman? Maybe. Dude, he is he's like their special teams guy, and he is crazy fast also. I mean, the whole Chiefs offense is crazy crazy fast. You got Sammy Watkins as the fucking third guy. Do you see that shit early in the year when uh, Damian Williams ran for that crazy long touchdown and Tyreek Hill just caught him? And not only caught him, I think he got ahead of him while they were going to the end zone. Just like he's run blocking on the opposite side of the field and then saw what yes, was happening. Yes, they just, and caught, just up caught up or whatever him. and then just walked into the end zone together and started celebrating. Dude, that's the kind of power you get when you <laughs> kick women. I'm about to say, because you, you listen to... <laughs> you. you I just slid right by that. <laughs> hey, man, we ain't going to talk about that because we ain't talking about a whole buddy or whatever. And he said single, whole lot of money. Got a whole lot of money. Got a whole lot of money. You know you know what I'm talking about? Have you heard the song yet? Yeah. Yeah. Bruh. That shit low-key slaps. Like, I told my mans, I was like, I swear to God, if you got, like, two, three cups in or whatever, you drinking this shit, and I just played that shit in the background, you'd be like, hey, yo, that shit low-key slaps, bro. Like, word up. That's, I think I've heard Kenny say it more than I've heard the song, but, yeah, I've heard it. <laughs> because, look, because he, play, he fucking played it over here, and I was like, <sighs> and then, like, the next day, it popped up on my, like, recently played or whatever on YouTube and shit, uh-huh. and I played it again, and I was, like, a little bit drunk. Bro, hey, yeah, slaps. The ultimate music listening experience when you have a little bit of history of it, you're feeling yourself a little bit, maybe you're a little bit out there, but by yourself, ooh, you start getting into it. Yeah, oh, that, that's me with anything. You know, you know that. 
clearly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, I just they're they're insane. This is a track meet. Um. Well, now now I feel like it's going to be super interesting going into the Super Bowl because you have these dichotomies of offenses going against each other. So I guess we should just you want to get in the second game or is there anything else you want to talk about this one? Um, last thing I'm gonna say whatever. Uh, Derrick Henry, man, like shout out to King, shout out you know rushing champion. He's not gonna win MVP because like we're pretty sure that's still going to Lamar, correct? I think so. The but only like, other person I could argue for is Wilson, just because that team has nothing without him. You remember I was saying that until Lamar started going stupid. You remember? I know you recall that the first no, like four five yeah, weeks. For you sure, agree, you were like one of the few people that agree with me there. I mean, the arguments at the time, and I think the only reason the argument of these three at the time was because Mahomes was hurt was Lamar, Wilson, and uh, Dak. And it's just Dak is putting up kind of crazy numbers for what he is doing, and especially for what their record was continuing on through all that. That's the reason he dropped out of the argument to begin with. But, dude, like, Seattle's offensive line is totally fucked up. They're... Russell is, like, their entire offense. Everything goes through him. The fact that they signed Marshawn Lynch and tried to get anything else going in their offense is just talking to the fact that Whatever Russell was able to do for them is what they were going to accomplish. It's not surprising they exited when they exited, but he was carrying. And, the team and, and it's, it's going to be pretty team. damn hard for y'all to get me and Jack to like talk about a NC State player anything in the positive light. Just getting that one out there. I feel you on that. I I don't think I shit on state football in general, but you know, I shit on them as a lifestyle. Hey. Like, why, like, why would you want to do that to yourself, you know? There's so you much know, better, like, you could do. You know you have to be ready for, though. We're going to get back into Tar Heel talk. <laughs> They're going to whoop hey, off. I, I know. Here. I know. And I'm going to continue to talk my shit. <laughs> I, I, I'll be stoked if they, if we win. But get oh Y'all, oh, y'all the, better start. Y'all better plot against us or whatever. Because I swear, if, if we win or whatever, y'all better check out that new Tar Heel talk. Because I'm going stupid. Here's a stat for you. Of the three teams in the Triangle area, which one beat Clemson this year? Hey, man. It should be different when you play each other, though. Never forget. Just saying. I'm just saying. I I got to sit in the Bahamas and watch Duke lose to Clemson. That was a good one. I told you I was pissed because I didn't realize that shit until you hit me up or whatever, and we had already recorded Target Talk. (laughs) Hey. All I can do is give you the news. I can't control when you record. That is facts. We'd already got that done. But, um, yeah, shout out to Titans for getting this far. Uh, people try to shit on Ryan Tannehill or whatever. Somebody needs to pay him or whatever. He's decent if you can scheme around him in that way or whatever. I guess the Titans are already doing it, correct? It's not going to be someone. And there's no reports that they've paid him already or are in contract talks at all. But they are going to pay him. They're bringing him back. Absolutely. No doubt about it. I'm excited to see how this team continues to grow. I mean, yeah, I he probably threw over 200 yards this game. <laughs> Good for him. 209 and two touchdowns. I think, well, all right, so just real quick. What's up? I think the biggest problem for the Titans in this game was the fact that they got behind before halftime and had to recommit to the passing game. I, 
And that's the thing or whatever, because I can't wait to talk about like that or whatever, but you cannot. And the thing about it, people say, oh, well, you know, you can't get behind with the Chiefs or whatever. Until you literally just can like, I don't know, like, like, like break what like Mahomes kneecaps or something or whatever. You can't stop that team. It's like you they're bruh. To be fair to the Chiefs, they proved it a week earlier that you can get behind to them and they're going to fucking run it. So, like, they, well, I guess they'll pass it. That's probably the more accurate thing. But they're going to run the fucking game at that point. And the whole thing about being the Chiefs, which the Titans did this year until this game, is keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands, run the ball. And they were able to do that for a while. They were successful for a while. But once you get behind, Chiefs get the second half kickoff. Did they store on that first drive? No, they didn't. But still, it's like you're in a track meet with these dudes. You have to let the running game go by the wayside. And your whole offense is Derrick Henry doing these crazy runs with their offensive line, their whole scheme and everything. (sighs) That's not the game that the Titans want to play. So it's understandable things went the way they went. But it's, you know... People talk about, like, you play this game 10 times. How many times does it come out this way? I think there's an outside chance the Titans win two or three of those. I mean, like... Uh, you better than me. I say nine point. I say 9.5 times, Chiefs win. Well, you're already behind a half point there because they already did it. Even if Mahomes is coming off injury when they played them this year... Look, that, that, that's, it, the thing, that's the thing. That's the, that's, look, that's right it, though. You said it exactly. If yeah. he's come, You know, he's coming off the injury. He wasn't... Mahomes, but when he and I Mahomes, don't remember shit, bruh. I don't remember if that was like the first game back or anything. But the Titans took a game off them in Arrowhead this season. Like they're not that far behind of what they need to be if they want to go all the way. And I I give credit to Mike Rabel. I give credit to their entire coaching staff. Like they I have built Rabel. a legitimate program in two years that he's been the head coach. And. I was in Nashville last year. The stadium okay. is like right outside of downtown. Like it could be a legit awesome football town if they ever get over volunteers sucking ass. I mean, they had the draft there or whatever. But like last night before we get on to the NFC, um, I'm just saying yeah. it would have been great if um, which, you know, shout out to Titans and everything getting this far. But it would have been great to see, you know, Brady and all of them like lose and get smacked up by the Chiefs. I mean, just destroyed. That probably would have been even better, but you know, I mean, it would have happened in my opinion if they oh, made it, it that far. But guess what? The fuck happened before that? Derrick Henry. It's like they 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 have legitimate contender of a roster. I would say. Um, I think they should resign Logan Ryan. Keep a bunch of their defensive pieces, dude. They're like another standout AJ Brown wide receiver away from being pretty fucking legit. John, John, we look the um the game before uh, proved that the Ravens need receivers too, but hey, you know. You know, Hollywood is only one man. That's that's facts. Yeah. That's it right there, bro. <sighs> NFC game. I feel like I should let you go first because my um my sentiment with it is um, not a lot. I can tell you guys exactly what happened with me. That's how I'm going to let Jack go in on this one. It went the way I expected it to go. Um, 
Although I've been, uh, I've been shitting on the Niners all year, or whatever. I guess they finally are making me just shut up. You've been shitting on them all year. Why? I have. Rationale. Um, you. Well, shit. Okay, I thought they were gonna lose the game before. Because I said the number one seed is gonna go down, and I just got the number one seed wrong. <laughs> well, there's only yeah. two, so fifty-fifty. But I don't know, man. I I thought the 49ers. All right, so just from like a, I've been watching the NFL all season. I've been watching a lot of red zone. Been watching a lot of stuff. Right. I've never seen a team run the kind of pre-action snap plays that they run. All the jet sweeps, all of the different motion they do before the snap on a regular basis that is actually impactful to the play that ends up being run than I've watched the 49ers this year. And mm. the shit that they're doing, they actually run all of it. So, like, they will pitch a jet sweep. They will run a handoff throwback reverse. They will do all these things, and they keep it all happening. I, I, I saw a stat earlier today. I want to say it was, like, a normal team runs like pre-snap action like 40 something percent of the time. They run it like 70, 80 percent of the time. And not only do they do that, but it all plays into their offensive scheme and it works for them. And that's all credit to Kyle Shanahan and the offense he designed. It's just everything they do plays into potential things that you've seen on tape before but they just keep remixing it and remixing it and remixing it, and they just all plays out in front of them. I saw a good... I definitely think Shanahan's a genius. Yeah. I'll say he's a genius. Fuck it. No, I, there's no argument to be made there. He's really cerebral in the way that he views how his offense is going to play out in front of him and the way he calls his plays and the way... Again, like the pre-snap action, everything that happens is really impacting the defense and their alignment and how they think they're going to attack something and how it all changes. Um, I was listening to some pod earlier this week talking about Kyle, Kyle Juszczyk, their fullback. In a play in this game against the Packers, they they were running a run play and check came out to the right for a block, faked it as they ran a counter back to the left, turned, came back, faked the outside block, and blocked inside to get more set out in his own. Like the Ran, kind random of, random thought. Um what's the before him, what's the last full bat that you can remember? Off the top of my head, Mike Allstott. There we go. I'm about to say we're thinking of the same guy. Yeah, I mean, fullbacks are... I mean, I do know Juszczyk for a we, while. Well, we had Big Mike Tolbert over in Carolina. And Ooh, then, um, never forget, I don't know if he was a fullback or running back. Uh, what was my man's name? Was it Peyton Hillis? No, he was a running back. Oh, he was a running back? Yeah, he was the uh, Cleveland Browns running back. Had that one crazy good season. Bro, got he had Madden. a Madden cover. He got the never Madden cover, that. and then he was a running back for the Giants. And uh, didn't do shit. Wow. Oh, that's why obviously like, he got personal. Okay, I got you. No, I wouldn't say he got personal. I think. 
there was no chance that he was going to remake that season for himself. But um, like the fact that you had the players in place to be able to do that, or I saw another play uh, when I was wa- reading some articles and stuff. Yeah, they had George Kittle and Kyle Juszczyk out flanked, so Kittle was the wide receiver on the right side, and Juszczyk uh, was the slot receiver on the right side. And they ran a swing pass out there where once they got upfield, both those guys who are just fucking phenomenal blockers are out there on the uh, run block. It's just like that's not the formation that anyone thought anyone would run. And that's not the situation the defense thought they would find themselves in where once they got out there, they're like, oh, these aren't wide receivers. These are fucking blockers. Like George Kittle is one of the best blockers in the league. He's the new Rob Gronkowski when it comes to tight ends. And okay. it's not just his pass catching ability, which is why I said that Travis Kelsey is the best pass catching tight end in the league. George Kittle wants to fuck you up when he blocks you, and he will smile and laugh about it while he's doing it. And there's video footage of that. That dude loves whatever he's asked to do. It's hilarious. So, yeah, the Niners got out to a good lead. Raheem most of yeah three touchdowns in the first half four touchdowns total over 200 yards rushing 220 on 29 carries four touchdowns dude's been cut by six teams in the past i don't even know how recently he's got all the dates up on his locker all the teams he's got cut by and I like i like that energy right there dude he's like y'all gave me a chance I'm fucking taking advantage of it. He's a little bit undersized for a running back, but his explosiveness is what gives him that next level speed. And on top of that, what they do, which is interesting, instead of handing the ball off to him, they give him the pitch. And when they give him the pitch and they got the blocking out in front of him, one of the things that he's been great at in his career, as he's been cut by six fucking teams, is being a kick returner, punt returner. So imagine just getting the pitch, having like, five, six yards of space in front of you and seeing blockers ahead of you. Yeah. It's like a kick return. It's like a punt return. And the dude's able to find the hole and just burst through it. I'm but, glad you're talking about that running. Well, him, because I'm just going to say, Tevin Coleman, you know, from the Falcons or whatever, hated him. Yeah. Ain't got no problem with him now. That injury is going to be an impact. Yeah. And it's going to be an impact. I just think it's interesting the way they designed their backfield. They have like four running backs and actually five because Jarek McKinnon is still on the roster, but he's been injured the whole season. Like the, Kyle Shanahan had this whole plan thought out where he's just like, we're going to have this running offense behind Garoppolo who can throw if we need him to. But if we don't, he's more than capable of managing the game, getting the ball to the running backs and we have all this blocking coming out in front of all these guys, and we'll just circulate them all through. It's like whoever's having the hot hand. There was a game probably, I don't know, two months ago where Jeff Wilson Jr. was the leading running back for the San Francisco 49ers. Exactly. He's like their fourth running back. Yeah, and he had, he had like multiple touchdowns in the game. He was just fucking running it. And he was like, that's the guy. It's his day. And, he's, and Shanahan's just totally fine with being like, you're the guy. You have the ball. You're doing great. Let's ride it. He's done that multiple times. That he had his quarterback out here. Shout out Jimmy G, um, who had a Brian Tannehill game. 
Oh, yeah. Six for oh, eight, yeah. 77 yards? I mean, when it comes down to it, I don't see what the big deal is. Like, I understand. Oh, no, that, I'm not shitting on it, but you know people are going to read off these jokes, including me. Yeah, and I understand that. I mean, if we're looking at completion percentage, too, six for eight ain't bad. He's doing what he's asked to do. Yeah. Well, b- b- before, you know, while we're still on this, you know, Niners love train and everything, I'll, I want to ask, do you have anything to say about the defense before I get on to someone who I want to talk about personally? Which defense? The Niners. They have made an incredible play to get a defensive line that's outstanding. And on top of that, too, I mean, you still have Richard Sherman. Which yeah, yeah. It's insane that that dude is doing what he has been doing in Seattle for a long time. Good for them for putting them in it for putting him in a system where he is still just like, this is my side of the field. I'm gonna lock it down, and that's what I do. Like, cool. We're gonna I keep like do their jobs. That. Yeah, absolutely. Their defensive line has five former first round picks on it. And they just rotate, rotate them through and let them do whatever the hell they want to do. Let them rush, stunt, get through the line, whatever they're going to do. It bothered the fuck out of Aaron Rodgers, for sure. Which, if you look at the stat line, 31 for 39, doesn't look like he missed a bunch of passes. It but... doesn't. But I, I, want, I want to save the Packers when I get to the game. Because I, I want to tell, tell the people how the game went for your boy. Oh, okay. Straight, I'll, straight Niners, straight Niners. You know, get get the, get the good out of the way. I'll leave, I'll leave that to you. But um, yeah. dude, like they bothered him for sure, and that's the kind of thing as a Giants fan I look back at. It's like, how do you beat Brady in his prime? You rush him, and you get him uncomfortable. That's what the Giants were able to do twice in those Super Bowls. You got to him. Or you were able to get close enough to him, you disrupt the rhythm. That's how you mess up an offense. And having great pass rushers, and the Packers have great pass rushers too. But um, the way they moved Darius Smith around actually kind of worked against them. I think in this game, where on third downs they would move him into the middle of the formation. He was their sack leader for the year, uh, free agent signing this past um, offseason. So they signed him and um, Preston's. Preston Williams, Preston Smith, uh, the other guy they signed, and they had that tandem going for the whole year. And the way the Niners handled that when Zadarius Smith was in the middle of the field was actually very effective. And it just speaks to the fact that they saw on tape what they were trying to do to them and countered it. Like that one uh, Mostert touchdown came on third and eight. They ran a run play, like a pitch toss. Mm-hmm. For like 35 yards for a touchdown because they saw what they saw. They knew what they wanted to do and they blocked the fuck out of it. It's just like, how do you deal with that? I don't know. I I don't know. I don't think we're going to talk about <laughs> Super Bowl stuff today. Yeah. But it's going to be interesting going forwards. What I got to say is, and I didn't know who this dude was, but now I'm, I'm a fan. He's going to be one of the guys I'm going to look for. Hit me with it. Debo Samuel. I love this dude. Out of South Carolina. I had no clue who this kid was. Six foot, 215. You know what I'm saying? But we ain't going to talk. You know, just good, I've seen nothing but like 
good things out of dude, right? Yeah. I love, and it's just something about like a brother named Debo. That's just taking me back to my childhood. It's a good ass name. Cause at first I thought that was a nickname. I'm like, oh no, your dad's your your name's dead ass Debo. Debo. I was like, whoa, this this is incredible. I like dude. I like this entire team now. I'm I'm not I can't shit on him anymore. Um, Kyle Shanahan's a genius. Um, I love the fact that he like he just is even see, when they show him on the sideline every time. So I just kind of laugh or whatever because I'm like, yo, my man's out there with his like little mesh trucker hat or whatever, and it's it's crazy. Yeah, this this team, you know, we're gonna see. But as far as this game, bro, so Packers, Packers, Packers. Like you said, Rodgers or whatever, 31 for 39 or whatever, 326 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Yep. But I'm gonna tell the people, I'm gonna tell the listeners how it happened for me. And if you look at the, you know, the, the Adams numbers or whatever, he had nine catches, 138 yards. I missed most of it. Because yeah. As you guys know, at halftime, this game was 27-0. So I'm going to tell you guys how it went for me. Because, you know, during the first quarter, it looked like it's about to be a good one. 7-0. Okay, cool. When the Niners went on this damn 20-point, just, like, I mean, you know, I'm like, okay. Because right before they scored that last touchdown, because you remember, it was like a minute, like like about two minutes left or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And they got a field goal. It was 20 to zero and i'm like okay cool and i'll text my mans or whatever and was like yo if this game don't get no better i'm just gonna like i'm just gonna find something else to watch and or play halo after i get my chinese food halo so yeah it's a long story whatever but i don't got back on halo. <laughs> for the listeners and everything they got xbox or whatever add your boy um, when I'm not doing this and everything else or enjoying myself, I'm, I'm gonna be getting back on Xbox Live pretty soon. We're gonna make that happen. What you um, yeah, oh. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so I'm literally about to like go get my Chinese. I'm like, okay, at least wait till halftime, or whatever, right? So then, oh, buddy, or whatever was it, Mordstedt? Mordstedt? Moster. Okay, there you go. How Jack said it, because I'm not, I'm gonna, I'm gonna butcher it again. <laughs> he scored again, and I said, "Okay, okay, Packers, okay, I'm out, I'm out." So I ordered my Chinese, and I'm like, "Yep, I'm like, let me, let me go get that or whatever." I got back with enough time to get the quarter hand started started and shit. I watched like the first play. It was like, "I'm good." I ate my Chinese. My man's texted me at one point and was like, "Yo, the Packers trying to come back," and I looked and I saw they were still down. Like twenty at this point, it was twenty to thirty six. I mean thirty uh, four, and I was like, "I'm good." They're still down too much for me, so I didn't even tune into the second half. I'm just keeping it a thousand with y'all. I said they ain't coming back in this shit. When it gets close, maybe I'll turn back. I went and got my Chinese. It was banging. Um, there's something else I was gonna say is like slipping my mind right now. Uh, God, okay, um. It, it just it, it looked bad, and I remember just t- t- like, talking to everybody. Oh, oh, oh! Shout out this dude Piers at Hedy Omega on Twitter and everything. Follow him or whatever. You know a lot of wrestling content and all that type of stuff. We ain't getting into that right now, but he's a Bears fan. Yeah, you know I listen to like a, a group of dudes or whatever who like you know from Chicago or whatever and they rep the Bears and all that. 
So how if you guys listen to this, you guys I'm pretty sure have heard my if miss rant when the Saints lost a couple weeks ago titled Saints fans who that. If you haven't, go treat yourself to that. So the same energy that you guys heard on Mike with me, that's how I felt with his Twitter as a Bears fan seeing the Packers go out like this. Like, it was incredible. To be fair, you didn't miss much once it was 34-20. Rodgers was, like, driving. He was trying to do his thing. Yeah. And it wasn't happening. I mean, he did his best. He's still an elite quarterback. He's doing the best he can with what he has. He's been, I mean, he had a great year with the rookie head coach that he has. They seem to mesh well together. They hadn't good chemistry together but looking at the stats just at a whole when you have three turnovers versus none you're down two touchdowns late in the game shit's not gonna happen you know espn does their little um like win percentage and shit like on the app or whatever yeah i'm literally on it right now and right before halftime Oh, right before halftime, when it was 27-0, the win percentage was 99.8. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> why wouldn't it be, though? It's You got the favorite team. Up, oh, my God. Up 27 nothing. It's going to be a tough road. You're, you're going to need an Eli Manning to get back from that. Damn. Now, do you mean that, or are you just saying that? I'm just saying that. Okay. <laughs> you know, which, hey, man, I get it. I'm delusional Thomas sometimes, too. So, yeah. uh, I'm about to say, if you've got anything else on this game or whatever, man, I mean, you can say it, but if not, I'm good. That's just what happened with me or whatever. I, I turned to halftime, and I enjoyed some good Chinese food. Yeah, I'm good. It, the Packers gave it a reason <laughs> for the second half, but... I was watching it. I was super, you know, into it. But I was like, if they get back, they get back. They tried. They pushed. The Niners weren't having it. And to be fair, it's another game that we saw in the regular season. The Niners beat the fuck out of them earlier. And uh, they put up a much more respectable effort the Packers did. And uh, it still didn't end well for them. So... Class of the NFC. 49ers. They beat, up, they beat up my team too pretty bad, so you know. Um most unpredictable Super Bowl team from one season to the next, the 49ers. I mean, last year the record was shit. Right? Well, okay. I definitely didn't see this. Um I mean, I knew Garoppolo was coming back, but my Jesus, I, I didn't know this was a thing. But shout out to homie MJ, plan on having him on an upcoming episode. But if he doesn't appear, I'll say what he told me to say now. He called the 49ers in our preseason episode, like our season preview. Really? He called them. I can't remember if he said the wild card of the West, but he did call them. He mentioned it, and he told me to bring. He he, he texted me, said, "You better mention that in the next episode." So I was like, "Uh, well, 
I'll give him credit when it's due. Fair enough. I don't remember what they're. He also uh, was the man that said the Ravens were going to de- um, degress this year, though. But hey, he don't like he don't like when I bring that up. Just <laughs> saying, because I was like, wait, a team that went ten and six is going to get worse or whatever. All of a sudden, when everyone is young, that don't really make okay. But you know, I'm not going to say that I was going to sit here. I don't know what six months ago and say the Ravens were going to be the number number one seed in the AFC. I mean, but, I didn't see the number one seed, but I mean, I, like they went ten and six last year, and Lamar was like a, a rookie. All the shit that I heard, I shouldn't say it's called shit. All the talk I heard going to the season about how they designed an offense around Lamar and everything, I was like, they're going to be good. That was. We just kind of proved or whatever. If you could stop that rush or whatever, they don't. They didn't really know what else to do. At least this year. Well, to be fair to the Titans, they didn't really stop that rush. Actually, this is kind of something interesting to get into. I think that Lamar started playing hero ball a lot. Interesting. I think I didn't know that. I didn't know that could be a thing in uh, football. Well, okay. I'm not going to be the one that's going to take credit for all this because I definitely heard other people talking about this kind of stuff. But all the big games that Lamar's ever played in, oh, college God. career. Oh, God, NFL not you career. and Keto both. No, no, I'm not doing this. This is only year two. It's only year two. You're right. But I think he has a. Mm, My first think, month of my first month of podcasts weren't the best. You grow. That's how you, you get the pleasantry that you guys get now. If you guys knew how fucking long it took me to edit these episodes at the beginning, oh my god. Y'all I'm telling y'all lucky y'all lucky y'all even got content or whatever. I was ready to give up with the editing process. You gave me enough time to think about it. <laughs> he had an inclination. That's the word I was looking for. For trying to do it himself, I think, over his career at Louisville, at the Ravens, probably in that last year's playoffs. I'm not going to say I'm not going to sit here and be like, I watched all the film. I know what the hell is going on. But I think we're not going to lie. He's in a big game. He realizes what's happening. and He tries to take over the game. It's not that he can't take over the game. But I think he has an inclination to do more than what's asked of him. And that's one of the things, too, that after the season, um, I've seen reports from the Ravens where they talk about John Harbaugh sat down with Lamar. They talked about all the things he has to improve. They hit all the check marks together. They're on the same page. They're doing that thing. I would be shocked if one of the check marks wasn't don't try to do it yourself. I, I, I think it's probably pretty evident if you watch that Ravens game. The two missed fourth down conversions that he was given the ball to and tried to do quarterback sneaks. I, yeah, I, I would be surprised if the play call was Try the hole right here and then scramble to the right and go through that hole right there. You know what I mean? Like, I think right. he was just trying to do his own thing, doing whatever he could to help the team. 
it's all in good faith on his part, but I do think there's a little bit of uh, I'm the one that got us here, so I'm the one that's going to get us out of here. Yeah. And, uh, didn't work out for him. I think all that I'm going to say is like, I, I get what you're saying. I do respect that too. Yeah. I would just hate it to be like if I was a Ravens fan or whatever, because as someone who you know, quarterback who catches a lot of flack. For certain things and body language, and I mean, my man can't even wear a damn towel on his head without people. Oh my god, that's not good team chemistry. Oh, from people who never even made their JV squad. But you know, yeah. just just throw that one all out there and shit. Just all of that. Just I would hate to be a Ravens fan and be like, oh my god, you guys are still doing this. But I, I get where it can be different. Even though he did look frazzled, I'm just glad that we can. Well, I'm not saying I'm glad that Baltimore wasn't cold or whatever, because God forbid the rhetoric of cold weather Lamar. You know where I got that <laughs> reference from. Yes, I do. Uh huh. Um, do you not feel that way about Cam? Um, if you want me to be real, I'm I, I'm going to be all the way real with you. Yeah, I don't know, and the reason why I say I don't know. Um, my best friend, like I said, the dude probably knows a person who probably knows me better than anybody besides my parents. We will straight up tell me that you know when I care about someone and I support someone, I'm willing to go into delusional tendencies, even if I'm right or wrong, because that's how I am. Really, I will ride for you. Like I mean, people were, I mean, people were ready to crucify Cam or whatever, and I was sitting here like getting stabbed or whatever for him. I mean, I think that's admirable. No, no, no retractable knife. <laughs> you know Jesus what I'm saying? Christ. You're getting too deep. <laughs> I'm, hey, bro, I'm telling you, that's how I felt. You know, I'm like after that fucking game. Oh, well, your quarterback didn't get down there and get for the ball. Oh, he was pouting. Oh, and I'm just like. Where's your Super Bowl? It's not even where's your Super Bowl, where's your Super Bowl appearance or whatever. You don't know what was going on in that moment or whatever. The game was out of hand. It was a whole bunch of other things in all this. I'm tired of other people speaking for other people. I agree with you. I also would be one of the people that would talk about how Cam handled that one play and that one Super Bowl. But if you're going to get on one dude for one play in one game. I, exactly. If we're going to get on one dude, I need it to be everybody. That's yeah. my thing. I just no. felt like everyone didn't get that shit. It's but, not. But a, my a, guy got it like tenfold. This isn't Wimbledon. It's not Roger Federer by himself out there. It's a team sport. So there's a whole thing there. I. Yeah. No. And I like to say whatever. Um, it, it's 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 fuck CJ Anderson to the death of me. Even when he did join my team. CJ Anderson, the god. Nah, man. CJ Anderson can, I mean, I, I've got to. <laughs> if, if it ever comes to a place where I have to meet him or whatever and like look down upon him or whatever, you know, we'll have that conversation then. Fair. Because I'm sure I'm taller than him. But um, we ain't here to talk about that guy. Well, <sighs> I guess we're here now. You ready to get into it, bro? What do you want to start with? 
So I told I'm um, told the listeners, I told Jack, let's talk about these new coaches or whatever. There's four new there were four coaching positions available. All four have finally been hired because Jesus Christ, Cleveland, it's always you. Who should we start off first? You mean you want to do Cleveland? Because I, I mean I have no clue who this dude is besides the Minnesota. Besides the Minnesota OC. Well, yeah. All right, let's get into it. Yeah. Do I'm gonna tell you. You want to say the name? Can you say? Can you say the name? You know I can't say the name. <laughs> Kevin Stefanski. Stefanski. Okay, if I hear it said, I can say it. But like, yeah. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns hired Kevin Stefanski as their new head coach. He was the last one hired out of the four, for sure. So he is. The new soup kitchen operator. Um, hey, soup kitchens. <laughs> hey, shout out the God, Freddy Kitchens, bro. I'm not going to have any disrespect on the God. All right. So let's just talk about real quick what he is known for. He has been with the Minnesota Vikings for 13 years. 13 or 14 years. It's been a long ass fucking time. I got since 2006. 2006, yes, till 2019. I yeah. feel like there's a weird thing when it comes to years there where it's like, which one do you count for that? Because like the NFL season overlaps the other one. I think Perfect. it's been 14 years. Yeah, let's say 14. I, I like that. So You, you want to go through all his positions? Yeah, absolutely. He was assistant head coach for two years, assistant quarterbacks coach for, oh my God, was that four or five years? Tight yeah. ends coach, running backs coach, quarterbacks coach, Interim offensive coordinator, I guess, when Leslie Frazier got fired. And shout, out, shout out Frazier. I'll always like him. But anyways. Dude, he was good. Thank you. He's still not hired. And, uh, well, Dan, are we going to get into the Rooney rule at some point? I mean, <laughs> I'm glad Jack said it because Jesus Christ, if I say it, uh, you know, I always say oh my God. I don't. I, I, I can say it, whatever. Because this is my platform, or whatever. The nigga can't say that shit. But you know, I don't know if I have the breath to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> I can only breathe so many times. And then, so oh. he was the offensive coordinator for the Vikings this past season. So, dude's been at the organization for 13, 14 years. He gets hired by the Browns. <sighs> I don't know if I will ton to say about him in general he was the offensive coordinator this past year for the vikings who made the playoffs they had a decent offense it was mostly a run sorry a run and pass action offense out of that so dalvin cook was kind of how that offense ran they ran it through dalvin cook in general Kirk Cousin played fine. Good enough, anyway. I mean, I'm sure on the other pod, there's been a lot of shit talked about Kirk Cousins, but he was good this year. I mean, in general. And they made the playoffs. So I don't think it's a bad hire by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think there's been a whole lot of movement on the rest of the Cleveland staff after he's been hired since he was kind of hired recently. I'm trying to look now at any of the 
staff he's hired. I don't see an offensive coordinator. I don't see a defensive coordinator. So I don't did think they, um, did they get a new GM as well? The Browns? Yes. Yes. Well, no. They they fired Jimmy Dorsey, and uh, they don't have a general manager yet. So, I, I don't know. I, I wonder how this plays into things, because clearly the ownership is not going to change. Uh, they still have Jimmy Haslam as their owner. They decide to part ways with Dorsey, and they don't have a general manager yet. So I wonder how Stefanski plays into this, because... Their roster has a lot of talent. I actually saw a news story today about how Stefanski was going to meet with OBJ today and talk, and he hadn't talked. Is with OBJ him. handing out? Is he going to hand him out some money or like? Well, he hasn't won national championship, so I don't see. Well, he's, getting, he's smacking him on the ass. Well, you got to win a national championship for that too. <laughs> also, I'm gonna just, I'm I, 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 like you can say how you you can say how you feel about it too, or whatever, bro. So real shit. I didn't see the entire thing. I had just heard people say, "Oh my God, Odell or whatever did something to an officer." Oh, and then when I saw the video, I was like, "Y'all motherfuckers was saying this shit like he straight up like snuffed him or something." I was like, "An ass tap?" I mean, B. I say I'm not trying to say, "Oh my God," you know, blah, like uncalled for, yeah, but like it's not that deep. I have not watched the video because I think it's. Kind of stupid based on it, the story it, that it, it, it still is. It if still is. I'm not... a security guard who is at the locker room on the ass in yes. general. Yes, that shouldn't be a news story to begin with, and on top of that, it shouldn't be a lawsuit to begin with or criminal charges as it was presented. And guess Fair. who dropped the charges? That dude. It, thank you. That's my thing because I'm telling. You, I saw people on Twitter losing it like. I, like, bro, I thought it was some straight-up, like, crazy shit. So I saw, I was like, y'all are really the overreact police. No, it's been <laughs> totally overblown. Like, In my ridiculous. Opinion. Me as well. I'm, I'm glad it's not just me. But back to... But actually, no, fans. what's not overblown is him handing up. out money to the players... In the locker room, that's crazy. You should not do that. Hey, hey so I'm, I, 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 if I can find it, I will send you a clip and a certain part of my audience and you as well, Jack. I'm going to have to explain this to, but <laughs> my brothers know exactly what I'm talking about. So, um, do you know the rapper Cameron? No. There's an infamous scene in a movie he had. Real ones also know about this sort of as a hood classic yeah, the movie. Yes, it's a hood classic called Killer Why? Season. Bro, don't, don't 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 talk about Killer Season until you've seen Killer Season. Oh, I'm so, hating on it already. Yes. So in the movie Killer Season, there's a part where like you know what I'm saying, dude, that's money. He's like, yo, I ain't got it. And then like kids come up or whatever. He's like handing out money to the kids and shit. That's what homie reminded me of in that moment. Dude, but he's handing out money to college players in a college yeah. locker room. It doesn't matter what the fucking context was. You can't do that. That's also, what- Sign up before we finally get back to uh, God St- Stefanski. There we go. Before before we get back to him or whatever, the only thing that would have made Joe Burrow, which I don't really care, and I don't, everything about the whole oh he was um smoking a cigar, blah blah blah. Only thing would have made that shit better would have had it been a black. If he would have pulled out a black and mild wine wood tip and would have lit that shit up in the locker room, I might have got a Joe Burrow tattoo. I would have got a Joe Burrow tattoo if he <laughs> unpacked a black and mild. Bruh. Pulled out the liner, re-rolled it with some weed, and lit that up in the locker room. 
I would have been like, I have no choice. I gotta fuck this guy. Dude, what's the big deal about smoking a cigar in the locker room in Louisiana, by the way? And on top of that, too, like that photo, he's still wearing his cleats. Bro, you do what you want. Goddamn cigar. Because if you ever heard the term, you do what you want when you pop it. That's it. That dude was living his best life. Let him go. Let him do his thing. He's gonna be a bangle in like five months. Let him enjoy himself. Dead ass. Dead ass. He's about to have to go through it. You hear me? Be Cleveland's best son, and then shit on for two years. Let him enjoy himself. Hey man, like Bumani Jones said, they was at that point. He literally could have, like, he literally could have said, "Hey, no school tomorrow," and like they wouldn't have school. <laughs> who was telling? Him, who was telling him no after that? Let's be real. In in the whole, not even just New Orleans, the whole thing in Louisiana, the whole state of Louisiana, who was telling him no? I've got one friend that's a big LSU fan. They went down for the game. It, I I wish I could have been him in the game and gotten passes to the locker room just to see him take that toke of a cigar and just be like, "Fuck yes." Yeah, that's. <clears throat> Legend, but um, any any closing thoughts on Stefanski before we get on to the next coach? <gasps> this is kind of one of the ones I don't really have a whole lot of information on in terms of how I think he's going to do or do anything. I mean, it's, it's Cleveland, so this will either be like okay or like it could be shitting on his name in a couple of months. I think. <laughs> So, but I don't think he's Freddy Soup Kitchens, so he's good. I agree with that. I think the roster that they have in Cleveland is right for an offensive-minded coach to come in and make some noise. I think they could design a good system with the players they have. I wouldn't be surprised if they did well. I wouldn't be surprised if it did poorly. I don't really know what to think about Kevin Stefanski himself. So, like, if we're looking back at Minnesota's offense this year, it was very play-action driven off a really good running back, right? Hey, yes, sir. They had two don't bite your tongue rec- favorite, Dalvin Cook. And they had two good receivers, Thielen and Dix. And they were able to make enough noise on the offensive side. And, you know, they had like backup tight end Irv Smith. They have Kyle Rudolph. You have a couple of good pieces on an offense. They can make some stuff happen. I don't really know what was going on with Baker this year. I don't really know he, why. He thought he was back in the Big 12. Do you think that really? Or are you just I'm joking. That? Yeah. I'm joking because I have one more final thought about the Browns. I'm gonna let you finish first. I don't really know what his issue was this year. I don't really know why they didn't perform as well as when he was, I guess, quote unquote, the offensive coordinator. But I think he was still the quarterbacks coach. But he was I don't the- really know why they had a good running back and decided to never use him. You know. All right. <laughs> Just to be fair on that, they used him. They didn't use him as much as they should have. There we go. Come on now. He was the second leading rusher in the NFL this year, Nick Chubb. 
That's pure skill, though. He could have been first. He no could have been. I, I'm not denying that. I'm just saying it's not like they didn't use him, but I do think they should have used him more. Don't get me started on running backs. We could use more because oh, we're going to get there. This is very true. But I I wouldn't be surprised if their offense looked dramatically different this next season and is successful. Their defense has good players on it. I don't know how many are like breakout players or anything. I don't really follow the Browns. Let's be real. The, the Browns look good on paper. It's almost like whenever you're playing Madden or something and like you just build up a stacked ass roster, but like life ain't Madden. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or they just don't play well together. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I want, what's up? think I think the Browns could be good. I think Stefanski could help them out. I'll be interested to see how it goes on moving. That's probably the least interesting hire of all of them. But I do probably the the best thing he has going for him is that the Vikings felt so strongly about him for so long that he stayed with them for like 14 seasons as a coach general. And then love it. Now he's moving on. He's going to do his own thing. Good luck to him. I he's entering kind of a cursed franchise, which sucks. But if if someone's going to pull him out of it, maybe it's someone that's been in a relatively cursed franchise for a long time. Maybe he has new ideas that will help them figure it all out. I feel like, you know, like you said it best whatever cursed franchise, so many head coaches, so many quarterbacks <clears throat> within the last couple of years or whatever. I mean, literally, they had a losing record overall in the decade. When I heard that, I about lost my shit. But I just think, you know, like, they should just get all the former head coaches and all the former quarterbacks and, like, I don't necessarily watch this show. I was going to make, a, like, a Bachelor joke or whatever. Also, also, ladies listening to this or whatever, go listen to that Bachelor recap episode me and my homegirl Morgan got. Uh-uh, shameless plug. But Hell yeah. Like. They should just have to do like a, like a big ass episode of Survivor or some shit, like something. There's only one team that has a worse record than they did over the past two years. You know who it is? The Giants. Fuck yeah, it is. Damn. Hey man, you got to start off with DJ and we're getting to the Giants. We're getting there because I'm, 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 I'm actually going to do you a favor or whatever. You're my guest. I'm going to save them for last. But next, let's talk about the new coach in Washington, Washington racial slurs. Now you have. I'm, I'm familiar with him because you know him pretty well. I do. Riverboat Run. Go on. Let's hear it. I mean, Riverboat, Ron Rivera. I was upset, even though I knew it was coming. I remember you actually texted me. Yeah. You actually texted me when this joint happened. We all know him. We love him. Played for the Bears team. Was part of the infamous 85 Bears team. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pull up. Let me see if I can pull that up. His years in Carolina. Because, whew. 
Not, I mean, not bad. We got a Super Bowl appearance, you know? Yep. But, like, how do I say this? I'm ready for it. I just, like, I remember my buddy said it like this or whatever. You know, when he was good, it was good. But when it wasn't, it was like, bruh, what's really happening? Before that, he's always been a defensive guy. I mean, he's still going to be a defensive guy. Like, if you're looking, okay, Washington, we don't know what they're going to do on defense or whatever. Well, like, we, we, we know what they're going to do on defense because this is what he does. He's a defensive player. Looking it up now, he was the quality, defensive quality control coach for the Bears. Don't know exactly what that means. The linebackers coach for the Eagles, the defense coordinator in Chicago, the linebackers coach in uh, San Diego, RIP to the San Diego Chargers. Uh, <laughs> LA <laughs> and then the head coach for the Panthers and now the head coach for the Washington football team but he's gonna be good on defense or whatever we know what Ron does and not only okay besides defense or whatever I feel like you know people kind of can say whatever they want but he brings a certain culture you know so with a franchise like the Washington you know football team you need a culture guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No. So I think I think Rivera it's a good hire me. from that perspective where he's gonna be the kind of guy that brings a certain attitude to the organization that they need where they need someone to kind of I don't know change the culture, which I guess, you know, as a Dan Snyder also needs to walk away, but, you know. Well, I, that's the ultimate thing that gets to the end of this conversation where oh yeah, they, they hired Ron Rivera. They want to change the culture. They want to bring in a new guy. They want to bring in a new attitude. People can buy into that. They fired Bruce Allen, which was Dan Snyder's yes man for a long time. But the end-all, be-all of all of that is Dan Snyder. So when the owner is not going to give up his stake, like another NFC East team that we'll talk about eventually, <laughs> things don't necessarily go that route because someone has their finger on the trigger in a certain sense. And it's difficult for someone to be the face of the organization as you want them to when you won't let them be. Oh yeah. I get it. Yeah. Ron Rivera aside, which of course, you know, this is all about him and everything, but also just Washington in general. Um, I know you're pretty sure you heard about the Jack Del Rio hire. Yes. At OC. Smart. Could be. Okay. Do you think he can? Do you think he could do something with Haskins? Do you think Haskins is the future? Is and it, I say Haskins, guys. It, it, I'm not trying to disrespect anybody that is a fan of the Washington Football Team. I don't know many of you guys players. No, it, it's an interesting question, and I kind of struggle with this. 
it's someone that I thought if the Giants were going to draft a quarterback that we would draft Dwayne Haskins. And after seeing him now, I'm not sure that he's like the answer for a quarterback situation in the NFL. And I don't think that's Ron Rivera's expertise. M- M- MO. It's not his MO at all. No. As you like, I mean, this is this is no shit. It's no slight. This is no disrespect. He 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 doesn't do offense. Their defense is gonna be good whenever he gets the players he wants. And this is one of the things I wanted to talk about when it comes to Ron Rivera. Everyone talks about Riverboat Ron, right? He's a gambler. He's the guy that wants to shake up things when it comes to, you know, moves in the middle of the game. He wants to take risks. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> I ain't seen it in a while, but sometimes. So I find it interesting that I'm in a conversation with you about this. Do yeah. you think that his reputation as Riverboat Ron comes from his actual inclination to shake things up? Or do you think he's a defensive-minded coach, he trusts his defense, and he's willing to take risks before putting them back on the field because he trusts them? Yes, sir. You hit it right on the head. And I feel like I'm glad you broke it down just like that because that is exactly it from my perspective. Other people might disagree, but that's your opinion. That's your M.O., um, also I was just going to say, cause I mean, you, you've dealt through other coaches, you know what I'm saying? Clearly. I mean, you had, what's the oh, dude? We, we've what, been what's, through it. Yeah. I, was, <laughs> I know we're going to get into that in a little bit, but what's oh, the dude? I like, more to speak on that for sure. But yeah, yeah, yeah I just, I just, just want to know dude's name, whatever I called him. Uh, uh, what was the dude before Shermer? Oh, Ben McAdoo. Yeah. Uh, spent a secret, uh, secret agent McAdoo or whatever. What I call him? Hall, hall monitor McAdoo, whatever I was calling him. Like the thing with Ron, I was just going to say before we get right back on that. Yeah. Ron. Okay. Two time NFL coach of the year. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And of course I was a lot younger. I was, I was a lot more naiver, but I was not as stressed out about Ron overall as I was when John Fox was our coach. Panther fans. If you feel me, Comment, please. Hit me on Twitter. Y'all know where to reach me. I put it in the bio every episode. Tell me why. I just felt like with Fox, man, it's like, I mean, and then eventually he went to Denver, and it's like, okay, it was right around the same thing, and Denver fans finally got it too. But, like, it just, I was always just like, uh, okay. I don't, it's just, you just you feel like you're doing the same thing and the same thing and the same thing and it's not working. All right. Um I'm hearing you, but I feel like um what I brought up was the fact that Ron Rivera has this um reputation for being chancy in these game time situations. Is that something that was different from John Fox? He was he always um... just or Ron, is, would, Ron would do it here and there. Like, I mean, definitely when we were good, he would definitely do that. So, yes, that is a thing. So, and it's like you also say he trusted the defense enough to where it's like, okay, yeah, I trust my offense enough to at least get this. But if not, my defense, we're going to stop the guys. That's and the thing he that did I sometimes. wanted to say more than anything. And that's my, kind of my opinion on this whole situation is 
I think he is a defensive-minded coach. He had a good defense, and he was like, we're going to take a chance here because I trust my defense is going to hold up after we take this chance, quote-unquote, chance. So <laughs> I, I feel like he gets this persona for being this giant risk taker but oh, in God, reality just... i think he is more so this guy that has been a defensive coach his whole life the panthers have a good defense for a long time he just trusts the defense yeah pretty much yeah i mean if we're, if we're getting down to the nitty-gritty you know what i'm saying yeah, I can I can like go with that on like tenfold. Do you know anyone else that's been hired onto the Washington staff at this point? I do not, sir. Not at all. Yeah, I don't either. I should probably try to look something up, but you know, I feel like. Their team is going to be whatever it's going to be. Yeah. Well, all right. So who do they have? What are they doing? They don't really have a quarterback. <laughs> well, okay. Like as a because you know I'm gonna just go ahead and say it or whatever. As someone in this division as well. Before we get to your squad later on, how sure. do you feel about? This as a possible for you know someone in the in the in the division. Ah, excuse me. I'm not stoked about it. I think he is a good coach. I think he's a player's coach. So I think that uh, it'll be good for them as an organization. And on top of that, they got rid of Bruce Allen as a general manager. So that also helps them. But. I would be surprised if things took a dramatic shift the other way. Um, this is an interesting question, I guess, since we're on the topic. Mm-hmm. Do you think Alex Smith comes back? Um, I remember telling my co-host whenever one of them brought it up. I can't remember which one. Um, but I said, if you guys want to bring back the corpse of Alex Smith, be my guest. But I'm good. Do you, do you think it's a corpse? At this point, yeah. I don't. Really I mean, know. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to be the guy like, oh well, we saw Josh McCowan and Case Keenum, but I'm just like, bruh. I remember when Alex Smith got drafted. I think I was still in middle school. I mean, I he's he's definitely older. I can give you that. Yeah, and so. I'm not trying to say, oh well, you know Brady. Okay, everyone isn't Brady. And we saw him, he couldn't run for shit. And when them when them bodies came, he went dropping, boy. You I know? still think he could be a good quarterback, but I'm not sure if it'll be successful. The only player I see being good for them on the outside, receiver wise, is McLaurin for sure. Um, I don't know. I think it's good for them as a franchise that Ron Rivera will give them the kind of leadership they haven't had to this point. 
I'm not really sure what more is going to come from their team. I think their defense is good. I don't really know about their offense. Their future at running back, I mean, they have Adrian Peterson still, but he's not the future. No, not at all. And Darius, that's my man. I, I fuck with AP, but I also don't want that smoke. No. Darius Geis is, I think, good, but, like, he can't stay healthy. I'm about to say he's IR. He's 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 NFC version of uh, Will Fuller. <laughs> let's just keep it a let's keep it a buck, man. Come on. I do love Will Fuller. I do, I do too. But he can't stay on the field. He's Damn, fan- he can't stay on the field. He's a fantastic fantasy option in Week Six. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Will Fuller is uh, per perennially injured <sighs> I I want to say more stuff but I can't like I, I, I don't know what to think I think Ron Rivera is a good move for the Washington football team I don't know how it's going to play out for him I would like to see how the offense evolves around a defensive-minded coach like that and how, I mean, well, shit. The the last thing you bring up of everything else is Trent Williams. Is he going to come back to the Redskins? I doubt it. And he's, like, still their best offensive lineman. So he's still signing the contract with them. He's not coming back. What are they going to do about that? I mean, yeah, Ash, I ain't got much for you, bro. I was literally about to say yeah. the joke or whatever to break no the tension. No one knows. I, I was going to say the joke to break the tension or whatever. The two of us and a lot of people trying to talk about the Washington football team is literally breaking this entire vibe down. We can move on to the next coach because I feel like it's it, we'll have to wait. This is one of those have to wait to see about like the Browns. I mean, all these oh. are wait to see, but you get what I'm saying. For sure. All right. Wait, hold on. When it comes to the Washington football team, uh huh. This is gonna kind of come out of left field, come but on. um, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tomahawk Chop, Tomahawk Chop. Yep. What the fuck is that about? <laughs> you know what it's about. Come on now. Look. Okay. It's not even their thing, right? Like, it's definitely a Florida State thing, right? Hey, it's it's a lot of people. If it's a it's if if you do that, that's your thing thing because the Atlanta Braves do that as well, and I am actually a fan of that. Even though you know, got you guys know I ain't into baseball like that. To be fair to at least Florida State, they seem to have a somewhat respectable relationship with the Seminole Nation because that's their mascot, the Seminoles. The Chiefs don't have a disrespectful relationship with them because they call them Chiefs. But, you know, you know the Washington football team, they have an interesting relationship with their mascot. It's not great, I don't think, in the community. But... If you're going to 
have a home game in the AFC Championship game and do the tomahawk chop. Yep. As a, if you had to put a percentage on the crowd. Oh come on! You saw those crowd shots. It's Kansas City. If you had to put a percentage on the crowd shot, give me a percentage on how many white people out there. Okay. Not only am I going to say about 85, 90%. You should probably go higher. Okay. Well, maybe about 95. Because <laughs> uh, that reference I said earlier about killer season, I'm pretty sure if you're listening from Kansas City, you also don't know what the hell I'm talking about. And you also, like my gracious co-host, have never seen killer season and or didn't know about it like him too. Go ahead. Am I, am I correct in my um in, in Oh, my for sure. Oh, for okay. sure. Yeah. Get a percentage. Oh, you oh, you must got a percentage. Look. That many. <laughs> that well, you, many you're, you're more traveled than I am, sir, so shit. Fair enough. If you're going to do the tomahawk chop living in Missouri, you have to realize that you are a crowd of white people mimicking a crowd of white people in 40s, 30s, 20s, Western films mimicking Native Americans. Guys, it's 2020. (laughs) If you're mimicking a different race that wasn't even mimicked by your own race, or I guess it was your own race. Jesus Christ. Like, it's a lot to take in just listening to that on national TV. I don't understand how the Tomahawk shop can still be a thing. Hey, Jack, I'm telling you, before we move on to uh, Carolina's new coach, I'm going to just tell you, you ain't been down here long enough, bro. <laughs> You come from better living situations. Apparently. Oh, trust. Everything I know about you and then know about how you... Tr- me and your family connect. I'm going to say <laughs> Just Kansas City. Let it go. Yeah. You, d- you didn't come up with it. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty rude. Just, just let it go. Don't do that. They do the Minnesota too. Um... Panthers. <laughs> now I'm glad I finally heard his name pronounced because I was like, "Yo, how the fuck do we say my man's name?" Rule. It is rule, correct? Absolutely. The H is silent. Why? That's how words work. I don't like it. <laughs> Wait, tell me how you would pronounce it. Or sorry, how would you pronounce it with the H? Rahul. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what, if just, what if it was Raul? What if it was Raul? You would just go hard R and then everything else. <laughs> oh, hey, wait, man, sorry. Hey, Did hey, hard hey, R bring up some weird things? Fuck it, fuck it. I got to say it now. For the <laughs> listeners, I can say hard R. <laughs> Pull up. Um, Matt Rule, man. Um, <laughs> he went to Penn State. So, I mean, I kind of don't know how I feel about that because you know my, my, my Michigan connections. Well, you don't know my Penn State connections. 
I, I feel like you spoke about it before, but I might have ignored it and or blocked it out of my memory bank. Excuse me. I lived in Belfont for two years. And uh, well, I went to college in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I know that. Lockhaven for two years. I lived in Belfont for two years. When, um, oh. Um, it all sounds extremely white. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Central Pennsylvania. It's Amish country. Oh, I don't think I don't think there was. I don't think this is Philly. No, it's, it's definitely uh, ain't, it's definitely ain't north or south Philly that I hear yeah. about in Benny Singh records. North and South Philly are pretty much New Jersey. Central oh, PA, okay. Central PA. That's just a different different situation. So uh, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name now. The Penn State assistant coach who was uh, fraternizing with children. What's his name? Uh, Sandusky. Sandusky. Thank you very much. You articulated it well. When he went to trial for his uh, affiliations with the Youngers, that was when I was living in Belfont. Uh, so okay. the courthouse in Central Pennsylvania, right downtown. It was like two blocks from me. I'm very accustomed to the whole Penn State thing. Anyway, what were we talking about? Um, my, my <laughs> new my new coach in Carolina, Matt Rule. So, um, his his you know as a coach, he's been the defensive line coach for, at Buffalo, the defensive line coach at UCLA, the special teams and linebacker coach at Western Carolina, the associate head coach slash special teams slash linebacker coach at Western Carolina, the <laughs> Woo! Associate head coach, running back coordinator, special teams, and linebacker coach at Western Carolina. Uh, at Temple, he was a defensive line coach. Uh, Temple, he was also the quarterbacks coach and recruiting coordinator. Eventually, he became the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach slash tight end slash uh, recruiting coordinator at Temple. He was actually off assistant offensive line coach for your New York Giants. Absolutely. Went back, became the head coach at Temple, changed up and got their entire situation correct. And then we know him now as his tenured in Baylor for the last three seasons, fixing that entire debunked, like, you know, situation that they had going on. And took a team that literally won like one game to like, what, 10, 11 wins? Oh, I'll get into that, but I want to hear what you think about this hire. Okay, so initially, right, is it bad? I kept hearing, oh, uh, Matt Rule, Matt Rule. And I was like, yo, who that? Who that? You know what I'm saying? I was just like, who that? No, I think that's fair because yeah. I, don't follow, I don't follow college football in that no, way. I, I, I do, but I'm not as big as I was. And I only knew, like, you know, they were like, oh, the Baylor coach. And I, so is it bad that my first thought was, all I'm saying is, which I love the suit and everything or whatever, and I love the Carolina tie. Um, this is press conference you're talking about? Yes. I, yeah. I said I want him on the sideline dressed up how he dressed up at Baylor, a.k.a. I want that T-shirt underneath the, like, sl- the, the sleeveless hoodie. But Carolina, you, you want the Belichick look? Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's becoming he a head coach good. of an NFL team. He's not going to wear that. 
Come on. He was doing it at he was doing it at Baylor. Yeah, but he was coaching. He wasn't interviewing or being. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, I want him to do it on the sidelines in Charlotte. I think he will. I, I bet. I better see it. I'll run right. up. Get he'll into get, it. He'll get I, trashed I on hear... this. He'll get trashed on this podcast every episode until he does it. But so I was like, okay, you know, cool. He won Big 12 Coach of the Year, which, you know, you say I can't really diss the Big 12 anymore, but it, it is the Big 12. And um, <laughs> as you diss it, you know, like I said earlier, whatever, he served under Tom Coughlin that one year when he was in New York. He did. Um, I think you actually helped me. It was, it was either you or my homie MJ or whatever actually helped me. You tell me after I say this or whatever, one of y'all helped me out because you were like, okay – you know what like he was rumored to be other places or whatever and Carolina was pretty like adamant on getting him so he was pretty you know he was a hot commodity from what it's looking like i don't think i talked to you about this so okay so that might have been mj there yeah he was like yo you know i've seen like other people wanted him or whatever so i mean i'm assuming that means like you know he's the real deal and we shall see i mean he's got a big contract so he has a pretty great pedigree when it comes to coaching. So tell me about tell me about my new man's. Tell me about him. All right. When he became the Temple head coach in 2013. Temple's <laughs> record in 2013 was 2 and 10 overall. 1 and 7 in the conference. He was a coordinator at temple before he was at the giants there so he had that one year he was the assistant offensive line coach at the giants before that he was with temple since 2006 comes back to temple becomes their head coach first season two and ten terrible next season 2014 six and six not that bad 2015 he's ten and four they made a bowl game. He finished first in the conference and uh, lost the bowl game and then finished 10-3 and three the next year. Both years, they were 7-1 in the conference. He gets hired at Baylor as their head coach. Again, rebuild the program. They finish in their first year 1-11, 1 in the conference. Terrible. 2018, one year later, 7-6 and six in the Big 12, big football conference. 2019, this past year, he finishes 11 and 3 at Baylor. They make the Sugar Bowl and they lose. Is that Sugar Bowl? Is that? Yeah. Sugar Bowl. They lost Georgia. 8 and 1 in the conference. Dude has been a perennial conference rebuilder as or conference jesus team rebuilder <laughs> he's been rebuilding teams since he was at temple for a long time he went to baylor he turned a one in 11 team into 11 and three that's very impressive finished yes, ranked 12th overall in the coaches poll 13th in the ap poll over that same time I think he sounds like a great coach. I don't really know what his prerogative is. I guess he's an offensive coach. Yeah, he was quarterback's coach. 
and then offensive coordinator for Temple for a couple of years there. So you're looking for a guy, maybe. Well, I guess. Sorry, think about this all over again. Mm-hmm. You know how the Panthers got him, right? So he was supposed to interview with the Giants like two days after he got signed. So apparently the new Panthers owner went down to Waco, Texas. I guess that's where he lives. I don't really know where Baylor is. but It's Waco. Yeah. So he had just come back from a vacation in Mexico. They went to him instead of letting him come to them. Helped him unpack, supposedly. I don't really know if the hedge fund manager, David Tepper, really helped him <laughs> unpack his car or whatever. This right. is like the same bullshit story that the Mike McCarthy sleepover thing was all about. But they come down to him, help him unpack, help him do all his stuff. Apparently, he wants to run this like next generation stats football institute. And David Hepper's like, yeah, I'm totally on board. I'm going to fund that while you're our coach and run that within our facility. Basically, it seems like the Panthers owner had the cash to pay him what he wanted to fund the things that he wanted to do. Right. He brought him on the staff to rebuild the program. I don't know if your program or your team, excuse me, really needs rebuilding from a standpoint of, you know, Five and eleven is not the end of the world. Although the Giants finished five and eleven, I feel like that's the end of the world. Understandable. But you guys, you got good pieces offensively, defensively. I think he's a good hire. I also think I can't believe that the Giants didn't get to interview him because he was one of their prime position. Prime for the head coaching position candidates they had. But I don't know. I think he'll be good. I think it's interesting the way he's all into the next gen analytics kind of stuff. I think he'll be a good coach. I think my biggest question is how is. Because I'm tight. I wonder how he's going to go along with Cam. Um, I feel like. I feel like by now him and Cam have talked. I I pray at least, you know. And I would for people so. saying that, oh, you know, yeah, it, it's easier to say we should go ahead and get rid of Cam or whatever. And like, but that's so much easier said than done when you still owe him. Okay. Um, is Cam Dunzo? That's still be too. That's still to be determined. Now, and I'm I'm not gonna lie, sure. like I didn't rip on him. I mean, for you guys saying earlier in the year, you were all Kyle Allen. Yeah, that's my team. I have, I, I have to be positive. What the fuck? We were winning. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? What, I'm going to come here and be negative or whatever? Because we're, you know, which, shout out to homie Corey. He was still won't have none of this or whatever. He was like, we should have played Will Greer. And I was just like, I didn't see any of that. And then Will Greer came in and showed me I shouldn't have saw any of that. He didn't do shit. Yeah. So my thing is, as far as the quarterbacks that are on that roster right now, Cam Newton is our, is our best option. For sure. I also have a homie who's going to argue me down or whatever, and it's like, oh, yeah, you know, the team should be ran around Christian McCaffrey. Well, duh. No offense, but duh. Yes. How? But how long can Christian do this is the real question. I mean, if we're in win now, yeah, let's go ahead and be win now, but is the rest of the team in win now? That's the real point. You know what I'm saying? 
But like, because right. I, well, I had asked him this or whatever, and I, I'm actually going to have him. Well, shit, he's probably going to argue me next time I see him and or he's up here because what he told me or whatever, and I ain't trying to steal his whole philosophy because he's going to argue me again. But he was like, you know, we should like tank a year and get a good pick. You know, some people are saying maybe Trevor Lawrence. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that sounds cool. But if Trevor, if that little time window of McCaffrey being this, like, you know, the guy, if that passes us by, then what's going to be it? You know? Yeah. And then we're, I, how many, we're how many years slash seasons later? I don't think that's a great move. You I, know what I'm saying? If you lucked in Trevor Lawrence or traded for Trevor Lawrence or did whatever you do, get up in the draft, that would make sense. But... You need more receivers for sure. I think Olsen is going to be done. Uh, yeah, he he should be done, and that's no offense to him. I love homie or whatever, but like he's yeah. got a family, dude, and he's had so many injuries. Like he he could do better just being retired and just you know. Anyway. And that's that's no shade whatsoever, or whatever. I love that man, but at the end of the day, or whatever, it's like the injuries and the age. He's he's put out and given us so much or whatever. Yeah. He deserves uh, he, to go out the way he wants to go out, though. So, you know what I'm saying? But if he wants to play, hey, man, we saw a man go from the fucking booth to go 8-8. Eight and eight. Yeah. <laughs> I think DJ Moore, DJ Moore is good. He's legit. So, you just need, like, another receiver. If Greg Olson wants to stick by, you have McCaffrey coming in the backfield. You have a legitimate offense. Keekly being gone... That's that's rough. I I'm not sure how that plays into the defense as a whole. Um, that was the story. I, I, that I'm sorry. I, 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 I got to apologize for one second or whatever. Oh, um, I would just like to say because um, you know how I, I want to ask you how you would react in this situation. Okay, if you're if you're me, like um, okay, let's say you just found out that, but let's take it into my like let's say it's my version and a 28 year old. Michael Strahan or Osa Yumanyora just retired out of nowhere, you know? You could have said Lawrence Taylor. Okay, well, there we go. Let's say <laughs> LT, I mean, I, I, but that was before our, our era, at least, you know? But like, let's say an LT at 28 decided to retire, right? That type of impact player. That type of, you know, the, the guy in the locker room, everything. You know what I'm saying? The guy, the heart and soul of the defense, right? He, yeah, he, I had a co-host. I'm not even going to mention you because you don't even deserve it, but you know what the hell I'm talking about. He hits the group chat and says, oh, man, that's going to hurt that defense. Yeah, and man. then I reply back, no shit, Captain Obvious. Damn, bitter much. And I was like, you know what? I was like, let me get off this phone for you enough cussing him out because that's just the dumbest thing I think I've ever heard. So I, I, I just had to stop. C- can you imagine how you would react to that? That's how I found out. That my man's had fucking retired. I couldn't even find out through a text. I mean, not not even text through like a notification through going on Twitter. No, I get like, I, and I think I'm being trolled too. So I'm already like, don't joke about stuff like that. And then I'm like, oh, wait, this is real. So so I'm going through a bunch of emotions, and then I hear this shit, and I'm just like, you know, like I I could I could I probably got I could hit you right now if you were in front of me. I could have hit you. I need to calm down. I'm getting upset. <sighs> yeah, no. I, it's it's rough. I I wouldn't know how to respond to that. It's um, there we go. That's that's you guys' reaction for me or how I found out the news. It's the quarterback of your defense. Yeah. Straight up. 
I mean, even this past season, I think Landon Collins is one of the quarterbacks of the Giants defense the year before he left. But he wasn't this generational player, I would say. Keekley was, is still, if you want to play, a difference maker in a number of ways. He's known as a film rat. Like, he stays way beyond the times that any players stay to watch film, studies that shit, and it showed on the field. He was able to dissect defenses, or, sorry, defenses, offenses, the way they wanted to operate, noticed their tendencies, and really made a difference. So it's a big loss, for sure. And I just feel like it also hurt too because I remember like losing Thomas Davis, man. I mean, not even losing him; he's even he's gone to the freaking San Diego Chargers. Yeah, I'm still calling y'all San Diego. And I remember <laughs> when we, I remember when we drafted him out of Georgia. I remember when we drafted Keekly out of Boston College. Like it just, bro, this shit hurts, man. I'm sorry to say, like it's different when they're impact people, man. I mean, because it's like this was the closest team. Because I'm I'm used to losing people before the Tar Heels. You know what I'm saying? I saw some story about Keekley. Uh, the reason why he ended up at Boston College was because he like wore glasses and looked nerdy. It was just like <laughs> weird as a guy, and he just like fell through the holes for everyone else. And he ended up at Boston College. It's just yeah. like, yeah, sometimes these generational players end up in weird situations based on how they are. And it's like, at the end of the day, that's the, who that guy was. He's a fucking nerd. He fucking loves football. He's nerds out about it. Yeah, I've seen him dance. Yeah, and it just plays (laughs) into how he was as a professional player. Like, yeah, maybe if you nerd out as a linebacker, you learn some crazy-ass shit, and you're able to control a whole side of the field as like just like an orchestrator of the defense. He was a great player. It's a shame he retired. But, you know, again, well, not again. What am I talking about? Pretty much, long story short, I think whatever is like we're going to see within the next – and I'm not trying to say, oh, my God, it's playoff or Super Bowl or bust the next three years or whatever. I just – like, okay, shout out Matt Rule. I hope he doesn't frustrate me. I'm going to be a little bit irritated sometimes. We'll see. That's just coaching, you know. But I feel like the the end-all, be-all is like I'm going to need people to either – we're going to be good or we're going to be bad. You know what I never want to be stuck in? Jaguars. I'm not even gonna say the Jaguars. <laughs> but that, hey, shout, shout out to Jacksonville listeners. Ah, but um, um, I, I I'm trying to think because I have the NBA comparison for him. I'm trying to think of like the NFL version. Oh, I got a team, Loki. Okay, I always say like the Hawks and the NBA, or whatever. They were in a little period of time where they, they could get be real good in the regular season, but they came to the playoffs, nothing. I would hate to be the fucking Cincinnati Bengals the last couple of years before they just stunk it this year. Well, you're just good enough, but you can't win a playoff game. First playoff loss every time. You know. Although I will say to that, don't shit on Marvin Lewis about that either. Franchise not willing to pay money for a lot of people. You got Andy Dalton as your quarterback. He's a Thank good you. quarterback, good enough, serviceable, getting them to there. 
I always say people people want to talk about the Bengals and like, oh, they never won a playoff game. Okay, but look at what they were doing before that. <laughs> Making it to the playoffs was, was hope. Making it to the playoffs was hope because they were doing nothing before that. Nothing. Oh, yeah. They were the Browns. Well, ever since the Ravens moved, the Browns have been the Browns. But right. look. look. Real real shit what people got to think about or whatever is somebody said the best or whatever. Marvin Lewis got that team to the playoffs or whatever in a division with the Steelers and the Ravens every year. And that's saying so. What I would say is look at those rosters yeah. and then look at Marvin Lewis. That's the dude that did that time and time and time and time again. That dude was a head coach for a long ass time and he made it serviceable for those players. That's a good exactly. coach. Exactly. The fact that the fact that he doesn't have a job, we're not going to have a conversation about the Rooney Rule. So, <laughs> uh, do, do you got any last thoughts about the Panthers? Because I'm just I'm I'm going to pray, but I feel like it's going to be either a blessing or a curse. Because like, if the Panthers are good, y'all motherfuckers ain't going to listen to me. And the Panthers are bad, it's going to be about like this year. Like I'm going to be hopeful when I'm hopeful, but then you're going to I'm going to have rants. And, you know, it's still fuck the Saints and the Falcons forever. Well, the one thing we didn't mention was that Joe Brady is now their offensive coordinator. I think that's interesting. The LSU offensive coordinator is the coordinator for the Panthers now. So. And wasn't he a guy for the Saints, too? That I don't know. Although it I think I heard me. that, but I'm not for sure. I do wonder how it will translate in terms of... Um, the offensive personnel. So like they ran a spread offense in LSU. Joe Burrow had the season of ever in college. No, no, fuck it. Let's say, let's say it, bro. He had the best season from a passing quarterback or just quarterback ever. He passed fucking Colt Brennan's touchdown record. I never thought I would see that shit touch. I was y'all real. Was that no, the fuck I'm talking about Colt Brennan when he was at um, Hawaii. I'd say quarterback college period. He threw for 6,000 yards. I ain't going to front. If people going to say I'm biased or whatever, the only thing that's even halfway close is Cam Newton that year at Auburn. And the only reason I say that, because look at the rest of that Auburn team. Go look it up and then come back and holla at me. Do that Dude first had, before you try and holla at me. I'm saying the rest of that team was not good. Dude had a bunch of rushing stats there too. So <laughs> like that, that's what Cam's doing there. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Burrow had the most outrageous season of all time in college football, period. Joe Brady was his offensive coordinator. Cam was the most successful he's ever been, period, at Auburn. Do you, yeah. Like, do you think they would even entertain the idea of running kind of a spread offense in Carolina? I think that's a mistake if you're going to try to do that in the NFL, but... I like you kind of wonder like he just came off the best season doing that same kind of system. Cam is one of the best quarterbacks ever doing that in that kind of system. I don't know how McCaffrey plays into that at all. Right. I don't know how that works in the NFL. I feel like the defenses are too fast to play against the spread offense, but I again, look to the 49ers where it's like they ran the most prolific rushing offense that I can remember in terms of all the action they do off of their sets in general. What do you think? 
I mean, only thing I'm going to say, and I can say, I guess, bro, about this is we've seen, I ain't going to say stranger things, but like we've seen things happen before. Sure. It would be interesting. I, I'm curious how that goes forward because I can't remember a more prolific offensive coordinator coming out of college to be an NFL coordinator. And then it's interesting on the fact that he's on that rule staff. He's an offensive head coach coming out of college. Analytics is their big thing. I, I, I want to see what the Panthers have in store for next season. And I really, really hope that Cam is healthy more than anything. Bro. Before we get on to your squad, I'm <laughs> going to say this in the comments voice I can about, yeah. the, about the last thing you just said right there. Get it. Cam told us he was healthy. And then I I literally had a rant because we lost to the Bucks in Charlotte. So I just don't understand when Cam and when Cam isn't healthy or whatever sometimes. So I'm I'm just I'm I'm, I'm you know, I'm I'm gonna drink my bottle of water. I'm gonna drink what I got over here and everything. We ain't revealing what that is. And we just gonna get on to the last coach. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you um I'm gonna let you introduce that. I'm just gonna say it was week two, twenty one nineteen. Bucks over the Panthers, just so everyone remembers. Um, the beginning of 30 to 30. <laughs> anyways. Never forget. Oh, also, too, also, too, we got a couple of months away. I will remind you guys for y'all non wrestling fans, I told y'all, and I've been saying, and I shall repeat and repeat, and I can't wait to fucking say it in a couple more months. When WrestleMania, who is probably already sold out, is going to have way more people in that stadium than Jameis got in there all season for eight games. We're going to have more people in that stadium <laughs> to watch a bunch of dudes in their draws throw each other around than Jameis got in there to throw picks. Wait, did they bring crab legs? Jameis might be there. Hey, man, Jameis versus Brock Lesnar on the boat in a last man standing match. Dude, I would watch the fuck out of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! But now let's get on, let's get on to your team. Y'all got a new coach, the New York Football Giants, and, and y'all's new coach. Who I just want to say before we get into him, um, do you know? I think it might be a little bit better now. But at one point, someone said, if you Google Joe. Or Judge Brown. The first thing that pops up is the lovable Judge Joe Brown that pops up on, and my grandma loves him, you know? Oh, no, I don't know about him. Is, is that cultural? Is he a TV personality? Yes, you know the Judge shows. Judge you know Brown? Yeah, Judge Joe Brown. Dude, I know Judge Judy. What are you talking about? Okay, that might be cultural then. What channel is he on, Judge Brown? Uh, I couldn't tell you. You know, I ain't rocked with cable like that in the hottest minute. <laughs> all right, he's yeah. thirty-eight years old, and also from PA. So, I mean, you guys, might, you guys might have a little connection. Do you know this school that he went to? Lansdale. Lansdale Catholic. Yes. No. Okay. All right. Yeah. Joe Judge. He's a fresh thirty-one too. He's a. Well, he's Excuse me, th- first thirty-eight. Excuse me, first thirty-eight. My fault. His birthday is the thirty-first December. Yeah. Born in the end. Born in the end of the year. Yeah. He's thirty-eight years old. He was a special teams coach for a long time. So let's go over his credits real quick. I'm gonna let you do this. I did the last one. 
well, he was at Mississippi State originally. He went to Birmingham Southern. Did he know that was a place? I had no idea. Alabama, five <laughs> years, special teams assistant. Then he went to the Patriots in 2012 and stayed with them as a special teams helper, assistant to coordinator for, what's that, four or five years? And yes. this past year, he was the wide receivers coach as well as special teams coordinator for the Patriots. Hired as the New York Giants head coach. There was some controversy in terms of all this hiring process stuff, too, where yes. um, we were supposed to interview Matt Rule coming on, I think, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. So the Panthers got ahead of them. They got down there into Waco, interviewed him. I feel like David Tepper offered him everything he wanted. And the so, kitchen. And the kitchen. So supposedly, the Giants taught to Matt Rule before he accepted that position because he was approached with this great thing that he ended up accepting. And the Giants were like, we want to interview you, but we think we actually have been talking to this guy for a minute and we're actually pretty into him. So it's kind of iffy in terms of like who kind of shot out the deal there. Matt Rule never came to interview with the Giants because they hired Joe Judge. Joe Judge... New England Patriots special teams coordinator for at least four to five years and on the special team since 2012. So before you go any further, I just want to say, before I ask you, because this is a personal question, same way you just asked me, hey, man, we got to put some respect on his name because he might have been around, but he got some hardware. Two national championships at Bama and three championships with the Patriots. Yeah. Now, when this hire happened, do you want to tell the people how you found out? Yeah, the same way everyone found out. Through ESPN, and they said, who? No, I'm trying to remember. Was this the one I texted you? Mm, that I don't remember. But I remember sending you a link, and you were like, huh? <laughs> you, were, you were just like, wait, what? If that's oh, the case... I don't remember, but it's – I remember seeing the hire and just being like, I don't know who that is. I don't know anything about this guy. So you look more into it. <sighs> Supposedly, he's been the one that's being groomed by Bill Belichick on the Patriots to be a head coach at some point, even though Josh McDaniels has been there for a long-ass time. He was former Broncos coach. Um, Never forget when they wore the hideous ass burgundy and yellow jerseys with the horizontal striped socks. Helped Peyton Manning win that one, or that was John Fox, in fact. So, yeah, I don't know her exactly. So, one of the potential interviews for the same position was Josh McDaniels coming from the Patriots. It seems weird. It's a weird hire in general. I don't really know how to think about it because I don't really know how this all plays out. But when you kind of break it down further and you get into his past history, is there any coach in the NFL that values special teams more than Bill Belichick? This is true. He's the one guy 
that will not talk about coaching or anything in post-game interviews unless you ask them about special teams and he just has this weird affiliation. Affin- <laughs> I get. No, I got what you're trying to say. Yeah. I'm just laughing at like it's like when when you said that. I'm just thinking of like him with a little smile face, like, hmm, yeah, we did that. And suddenly, <laughs> he wants to talk for like two to three minutes about this random special teams play. It's like the one part of football he thinks is more important than anything else is what he's entrusted this guy to for the past like eight seasons. Well, uh, we got. Special coach uh, Joe Judge over there. He's really good at what he does. I've personally been. Uh, you're gonna talk about this or whatever. One day he actually cut the sleeves off the hoodie for me. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, like he never oh, talked about him like that at all, or did anything. He was at he was at Alabama as a special teams assistant. Everything I've seen reported was like, oh, he was a special teams coach. I guess he was just an assistant, but. He's on our Nick Saban in the college game. Yeah. Important phase of the game, special teams. This is the Are guy there... that has some idea of what's going on with two of the best teams in football, period, across this time span. He's seen impressive in his post-hire interview. He seems like a pretty knowledgeable guy. One of the things I keep saying about him is that, like, the special teams coach knows, like, the most of everyone in the roster. Like, he's in communication with everyone, which to an extent could make sense if you really thought that everyone in the roster is potentially eligible for special teams. Maybe not. Maybe so. But, like, if he's a player's coach, that's good. Um, what else did I think about him? I just I feel like because it's going it's of course it's going back to him or whatever. You guys just also recently hired a new offensive coordinator. Correct, the Clapper. So this is this is where we get into some of the other kind of uh, news things I've seen reported. So I think if you asked Austin who is a renowned Cowboys fan on this podcast. He would say, Jason Garrett is not a bad offensive coordinator. He's not a good head coach. It's been proven for a while. I think it's kind of funny. I've seen how your Giants Reddit has kind of turned on the whole situation where we would love for Jason Garrett to continue to be the Dallas Cowboys head coach but when it comes to being offensive coordinator for us we're like oh it's a good move everything's good he hasn't called plays since 2012 so that's kind of concerning in its own right but he is a good evaluator of talent i think that's been proven through the cowboys draft this through these years he's been able to talk jerry jones out of bad decisions which if i'm talking to a panthers fan i would think we might also have a GM that needs to be talked out of terrible decisions and Dave Gettleman. Yes. And uh, I think it's good for a rookie head coach, a rookie head coach coming out of special teams to have some kind of head coaching background in general, maybe some offensive coordinator experience on his part. I don't think it's a bad hire. I think it could work out well. And I think if it works out really well, 
it would be one of the most hilarious things of all time that we got your head coach that you were mediocre with and uh, were successful. It'd be good. Good for the memes. I, I feel like just the inner right, like I, I, regardless of what I say about you guys division, it is entertaining. I mean, it is legit. Like it could be a wrestling storyline. To be fair, the Redskins are due, but we're close, so we could take it. Every every year, a different team since I think two thousand two. Maybe for your sake or whatever. Not only just you know like Joe Judge and like looking at this roster, and then you know Jason Gary, and they're just like, oh man. Saquon, yeah, he's going. He's gonna go. He's, he's gonna go ridiculous this year. They scheme some good shit around um, around uh, Daniel Jones. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I, I enjoy Golden Tate. I, I think Golden Tate's been one of the most underrated receivers the last couple of years, at least in my opinion. I've always liked him. I like him. I think he got a. The whole offense was in flux the whole year. I think I talked about that on the last podcast. How? Yeah. The whole Giants team is just they're offensively been in flux. There's a who was healthy, who was not, who was eligible, who was not, all this stuff. Um one of the best hires I guess the Giants have made so far this year after they hired Joe Judge was they hired Burton Burns, um, a legendary running backs coach from Alabama. He was at Alabama for years. Both okay. Mark Ingram and Derrick Henry came out on Twitter at some point saying to Saquon, you got the best guy. So, like, that's encouraging. You know, like, all the people that Joe Judge has hired, I guess outside of Jason Garrett, but for the most part, he's had some interaction with in his career coaching-wise. Like, there was even some talks of him getting together with possibly hiring Freddie Kitchens because they coached together back at Mississippi State back when he was there. Soup kitchens to New York. Let's put let's put that energy out there. Hey, it could happen, but he's not going to be in some crazy offensive role like the one of the open slots right now is tight ends coach, which is one of the positions he held at Mississippi State, tight ends coach. I think on the Browns too. So like not a bad role for him. All these people, all these former head coaches, all these different people giving him advice. The uh, defensive coordinator he hired, Patrick Graham, he was with the Patriots for a while. I think he was in Mississippi State for a while, too. I don't think it's that bad of a you know, situation he has around him based on how he's hired and how he's filled his coordinator roles. It could be interesting. I kind of hesitate to get excited about a new giant season based on where we've been the past two seasons and potentially where we're going forwards. But I like the coaching staff we assembled. I don't think it's that bad. So yeah, the, Oh, sorry. Patrick Graham, 20, 2009. He was a coaching assistant. He worked his way up to defensive line coach, linebackers coach for the Patriots for a couple of years in the, 2010s and then he was Miami's defensive coordinator this past year so he's our assistant head coach defensive coordinator I don't know all these guys seem like they have some kind of ties with Joe Judge he feels like maybe he has some reason to trust everyone 
and uh, assembled a core that he's comfortable with. We'll see what happens. Hey, man. I, I'm, like I said, just same thing for us. Um, wishing y'all the best, you know? Yeah. A team in that division I actually don't, like, despise. Hey, I root for the Panthers, too. Let's go. Yeah, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't despise you guys like I do the other teams in that division because I kind of have to because, you know, family ties with the Washington team, Austin and Cowboy fans and bother me. And then I didn't mind the Eagles until I met Kato. <laughs> he knows that. I'll say it to his face. Fair, fair enough. Any um closing thoughts before you? Oh, oh, um. Random question because we're not gonna go in depth because you know we 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 done went a little ways on this or whatever. Ooh. But um, will you be straight up? Will you be watching the Pro Bowl? And I already know the answer, but I had to troll you. Also, can you remember the last time you watched the Pro Bowl? I think I'll watch it. I don't remember the last time I watched it. Was it? Hmm. I had to be either like eighth or ninth grade. Like I, I remember at one point I was, I was just like, "Why am I watching this?" I was like, "Besides the team jersey, I mean, I was like, besides the cool ass jerseys with the different team hel- helmets or whatever, this is not, this is like like I was like, this is a scrimmage. This is a preseason game. Like I've seen better preseason games." Well, yeah, there's no defense and there's basically no contact. But hey, it's the best players. Yeah. I watched I mean, it for a little bit. I was still young when I was watching it. You know, like I grew <laughs> up or whatever, and eventually it was like, yeah, no. <laughs> That's what I thought I'd ask or whatever. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't even know if they're doing NFC, AFC anymore, if they're doing team this and team that. So who knows? Yeah, it's all team this, team that. They think they drafted them. Also, go back to Hawaii. No one wants to be in Orlando. Not even no one. No one wants to be in Orlando. Yeah, the, the whole poll is being in Hawaii. It's a fun exactly. time for the players. <laughs> Look, that's why people are dropping out. They're like, yo, I can go to Orlando anytime I want. Like, the fuck? Let's <laughs> go to Hawaii, motherfucker. Well, I think more Saints and Ravens will be there than we anticipated going into the playoffs. Hey, like I told like I told all the Saints uh, fans and players or whatever, like, you know, hey, you can watch your players in the Pro Bowl. It's about the same. Hey, yeah. you know? They'll be there. Who that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like some say, yo, when this shit gets big enough, Saint fans is really gonna come at me. But you know well, what? I want all that energy, all of it. Get him out of here. <sighs> I appreciate you like always, bro. Yeah. Cannot wait till next week or whatever. You know, we'll see what we can pull off. And we got an all-red Super Bowl. That's going to be rough. That's the one thing I don't really like. I hope <laughs> the NFL lets the 49ers wear their alternate whites like they've uh, requested. That'll make it easier. Yeah. And uh, we'll see what they do. I doubt they allow it. Even I did tell my homie whatever the other day, randomly we were talking. I was like, I've always loved the 49ers like jerseys. Just like gold. I was like, maybe it's just gold helmets and gold pants. They're iconic. They, they they really are. Like even like the whole TO days when they kind of got like a little bit like more different numbers or whatever with like a little bit little bit of black in there. I didn't like when they did the black with the red. Like I feel like everyone tried to get like a black jersey and it was like okay, it's not that necessary. I like the black alternates, 
But yeah, you can't mix both colors in with it either. So it's like choose the red, choose the gold. Maybe I just say that for a team who's like black is in our colorway or whatever. Because I feel like I'll never forget a couple of years ago, long time actually, when Detroit tried to wear black and it was like everyone's like, oh, you guys like a bootleg version of the Panthers. And I was like, oh, we know. Yeah, we know. Their blue is all different. It, I remember it, that. It's, uh, you remember exactly what I'm talking about. When they had a. Uh, God, who was he on the team? Was it like Roy? Not Roy Williams. It was somebody Williams. No, um, not Williams. Um, I'm talking about that receiver. I think Kitten was the quarterback. Was, was Kitten even the quarterback? I mean, not Cal- quarterback. But- Calvin Johnson. Was that a young Calvin Johnson? That was a fresh out of Georgia Tech, Calvin Johnson. I would think so, yeah. Uh, at least I would say the Jets the Jets uniforms. The Jets oh, uniforms not, are all okay. black. The, the, those, the Jets those, this past year. Yeah, we, we nice. talked about that. That was nice. Those are nice. Even the Cardinals black doesn't mind. I don't mind that. But just people just trying to incorporate black or whatever out of nowhere, it's like, okay, nah, bro, that ain't it. No. <laughs> that ain't it. No. But, hey, man. Appreciate you like always. Go get this out to the people tomorrow. Let's hope no shit happens. Like shit, little spoiler or whatever. If you haven't already, new NBA episode we just dropped and everything. As me and Jack are recording this one or whatever, and the fucking NBA just released the All Star starters. It always happens after I record. Every time <laughs> it never fails. But you know what? They laugh at my face. It's all good. So until next time, shout out Jack. I'm Mookie. And until next time,